podcast. Uh, I am sitting in the basement with our managing editors right now, uh, Gus and Gizmo of the Cats, uh, drinking a beer. I just finished editing this beast of a podcast that you are about to put in your ears. Uh, just wanted to say uh, really quick, first off, uh, we've been we've been doing this thing for coming up on five years for the site. And uh, we've been doing the podcast for a little over two, coming up on on a hundred episodes of that. Uh, what we started off as uh, as not where we are right now, and, and probably not where we're going to end up. Um, but specifically on the podcast, uh, you know, it started off just me, Paul, and Andre uh, shooting the shit about music and drinking beer, and it was fun. And uh, since then, we have. Uh, sort of grown, branched out. Andre is, is gone temporarily. Uh, people have come in and out of the site and the podcast. Uh, this year we, we sort of locked in a pretty good crew. Uh, people like Adam, Quinn, uh, Tori came in late. Uh, Marcus Dowling comes on from time to time. Uh, the point is, what, what I found is that what is what is most interesting, not necessarily the story. The story isn't the music, uh, although it is important that we're talking about, but it's also... For me, at least, uh, hearing what all these people, how the music affects all these people's lives. Uh, and it's been wonderful to uh, be exposed to that all year and uh, sit here behind this stupid mic and uh, sometimes hang people on. Uh, but really, uh, you know, drink beers with my friends, listen to music, and enjoy the shit out of it. So. Uh, to all you guys who have helped out, Paul, Adam, Quinn, uh, Bruno, you've been on a few times, Marcus, uh, Tori, uh, Carrie came back. Uh, sincerely, thank you, because it makes you know four hours of editing a podcast worth it. Uh, I don't know, five hours editing a podcast would be worth it, but four, definitely worth it. Um, that that having been said, 2014 was a really... I, to my mind, a big year in music, uh, really heavy year in music. All these things, just impossibly great albums. Albums by like the War on Drugs album, the Sturgill Simpson album, uh, my favorite, spoiler, the Sylvanesso album. Uh, it's certainly the best since we've been running the site. Uh, that, in, With that in mind, though, is what I was just talking about. Uh, we didn't want to do a list uh, because, I mean, everybody made a list, but it was more important to say all these different people and what they like. So we're not even playing, I think, in this podcast what we thought were necessarily the best songs. We're playing the songs that you might have missed that are still some in our best of lists. Uh, so, you know, you, you won't hear uh, a War on Drugs song. You will hear a Sturgill song. Uh, you won't hear a Future Island song. Um, but you will hear stuff from the likes of Avers, uh, Louis Weeks, uh, Mayan, uh, Flying Lotus, uh, No St. Vincent, thank God, sorry Paul, um, stuff from the likes of uh, Parquet Courts against me, uh, this is all stuff that, that really, uh, some of it we didn't get to talk about, but it really affected, I think, all of us listening to it this year, uh, so, so that's what you're in for, uh, it's a long one. If you stick with it, it's going to be a good one. Uh, so I hope you do. Uh, last thing I want to say before getting into this is thank all you uh, listeners uh, for tuning in. Uh, I don't know how many people, somebody, somewhere about 100 subscribers, I don't know. Uh, don't really care. We keep doing it anyways. 
Uh, and you know, if you are one of these listeners and say, Hey, that sounds like fun. Uh, please reach out, keep saying it, uh, mean it. I think, you know, if, if, if you're dedicated to music enough to, to listen to us ramble on for hours on end, uh, I think you, you do good. So, uh, do that. And, and mostly also thanks to the artists, uh, people like Damien Gerardo, uh, people, uh, like Eric from Midlake, uh, Nick and Amelia from Sylvanesso, Louis Weeks, uh, Sean Barna, uh, Ben Tufts, uh, made, uh, a, a conversations for me were, uh, somewhat enlightening and sort of changed the course of what we're going to do with things. So, uh, thanks to you guys. So I'll stop rambling now. Uh, without further ado, uh, here we go. Uh, episode number 96 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, the best of 2014. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review of just a shit sandwich. That right there, he is a wonderful But if you guys are ready, mm-hmm. all right, well, we are doing the uh, the end of the year, best of the year podcast. Uh, we have a big crew here. I'll just going around the circle, we got Quinn, as usual, uh, Carrie, Hello. Adam, hey, man. Paul, yep. Tori, Brian, Sean Barna, back in the corner in the peanut gallery. Um, this was a, first of all, I can't believe we finally got here. This feels weird. It's nice out. It's December. It's just like, what the fuck? Uh, there, I depending on like how you view it like this was either a massive year for music or just sort of yeah i don't know we were talking paul seems pretty heavy yeah i mean i i don't think that i really uh, appreciated how good it was until i started trying to make this list yeah and then i became very grateful that you weren't making me cut it down to 10 albums right right <laughs> but it's also it's also why like in years past we've we've drank a whole lot more mm-hmm. and um and uh but we we've tried to put together this site list and much to your chagrin i said no let's not do that this year because it is i mean there's there's so many the stuff that was good was just fucking outstanding like if you look, and we'll get to my list eventually, but like if you look at the back half of my list, they might as well all be the same album as far as like how good they are. And I can't, This is, we're going into our fifth year doing this, and I can't remember a year where it was like this strong. Uh, so we're going to get to those lists uh, eventually. Uh, first, uh, you know, we were going to talk about news. There's Mark Kozlak, War on Drugs, whatever. Dickhead. Yeah, he's handled. Dick. Yeah. News, news covered. Yeah, you know, uh, seriously, it's like the the guy uh, obviously has a has a severe ego and a severe attitude problem, and um, I, I think maybe maybe he's trying to make himself uh, his persona as to be like the 
the grumpy old man of of, of rock music or mm-hmm. something like that. But it, it's it's all he's doing is just is just digging himself a deeper deeper hole, and and his music uh, isn't of a quality that allows him to be that much of a dick to people. Yeah, know? I mean, is Benji on anybody's list? No, no, no. But it was on so many. It was on so many, so many lists. Uh, you know, if his point is that he's trying to be provocative, um, we're talking about it. Isn't so, like the, yeah, is there like the Kanye of the indie music world? Kind of. I mean, I mean, it's interesting that this was like he's been around for a very long time. Red House Painters, like yeah. whole deal, but like this was like in a weird way, like a breakout year for him, or like a resurfacing of his music, mostly to to because Benji got all that acclaim. But uh, I think he, I think he's kind of like back in the, he's like put back, he's back in the spotlight after a very long time, and he's like either doesn't know how to handle it or is taking advantage of it. Well, it's it's weird because it's uh, you know regardless, I mean I like you said it, it, Tori, it was on many people's lists. I don't um, I don't prefer it. I haven't liked anything we we, we were saying, Carrie. We bashed it previously two years ago, <laughs> like as stuff. Uh, but to pick on, uh, I could even see earlier War on Drugs albums, but to pick on Lost in the Dream, which is, I know at least probably two of our lists, uh, to pick yeah. on that, like, that's a, like an unimpeachably good record. Uh, and, also, even if it weren't, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why wade in? That, there's no point to that other than to just be a dick. Yeah. Well, there's also that theory. I mean, like, a lot of, a lot of rock guys are really paranoid they're, like we were talking, they're just they're they're all they all have like the mindset of there's only so many tits on the pig, right? And like if if people are listening to to, to this guy War on Drugs, and that means they're not listening to me, and my career's over, and fuck him anyway. And right. like, seriously, it really happens like that. But but also you'd be amazed how many rock stars or just like kind of rock guys are like like just animalistically filled with hate mm-hmm. <laughs> with anybody who's on the same kind of like bill as them, you know. But but I also think that this is wholly consistent with uh, the persona that he puts out on his album. I mean, one of the songs that got play off the album was Ben's My Friend, which is basically him being bitter about Ben Gibbard being successful. So... Well, then we do have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. But that, that, that's my point. He's, yeah. And he name drops Panera Bread twice. Are you, he said Panera Bread in two separate songs. Uh, you're right. Yeah. No, he, he probably he like most musicians. They all they all have like really high opinions of their own stuff, and sometimes that's justified, and sometimes it's not. And it's a high opinion to the point where they get, uh, they they get angry when mm-hmm. like man, we're like remember that old joke like how many guitar players does it take to change a light bulb? Yeah. All of them. One to change it and every other guitar player on planet Earth to go, man, that guy sucks. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like that, that's it. That's 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 where this guy is coming from. I think, you know, he doesn't understand why he isn't um, a million times more successful than than anybody else. And he's just being a blue vein dick about it. You know, we're also forgetting that he put out two albums this year, because let's uh, not I, forget his Christmas album. Did anyone listen to the Christmas album? I did not. No. No. Uh, yeah, but it was like <laughs> Santa Claus can fuck that. off. <laughs> track number one. A mothball Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, for 2014, what do we say? Mark Kozlak gets the, uh, the finger of the, the middle. Grinch. He's the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> he gets the Grinch award. Yeah. Uh, He's the Grinch. Well, well we're, we're getting the Prince. <laughs> He's the Grinch who never learns. You know, doesn't learn the lesson at the end. 
So one of one of the other stories, big stories, was uh, had to do with streaming music, which we've talked a lot about here. We did a whole podcast on that. Uh, had to do with Taylor Swift. Uh, so you know, we've thought it was a good idea. We're going to be discussing this. Uh, we have to listen to it. So Paul, what'd you think? Oh, <laughs> um, I listened to two songs, and you're the only one here that did. Thank and, you, Paul. And I don't like it. <laughs> um. No, in, in all seriousness, uh, I just wanted to make you listen to Taylor Swift, Paul. I know. Yeah. I, I, I saw your play there. Yeah. But it's harmless. But no, I, I, it's I listened harmless, to the two though. songs that I could stream for free yeah. on YouTube. I'm, I mean, I can't go past that. It's harmless, though. It's just... You it? had the album in your inbox. Do I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you guys, she's she's harmless, man. She's whatever. Why, why I, you know? I don't, I, I don't have any active issue with her. I just don't listen to her music. Yeah. But the issue, actually, I think, is with streaming. I think uh, what it comes down to, and Sean, we were actually saying this right now, like uh, Louis Weeks, uh, who we're going to talk about later on the podcast, his albums aren't up on streaming services. Uh, it doesn't matter because I bought it. Like, you know, people like are going to buy it. But at the same time, uh, it is the best way to get this stuff out to people. It's not a moneymaker. I mean, that was the thing is like, people are like, I'm going to make so much money. You're ripping me off. Famously, David Lowry. If you want to be entertained and have your mind sort of shattered, like go to the tricorders.com and watch his post. I think his latest one, I think I sent to you, Paul, where he's like uh, a writer at the LA times in collusion with the uh, creators of BitTorrent, <laughs> And to, to basically convince people that BitTorrent isn't just for piracy. And it's just like, no, it's it's a technology, yeah. And uh, so that sort of blew up. The end result now is you can't hear Taylor Swift anywhere unless you buy her album. I don't think anybody. I mean, your daughter, Bruner, is she no? She's got a poster on her wall, but Ooh. she hasn't listened to her in years. Okay, <laughs> wow, that was fast. Yeah. She's more than deep cuts. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. T Swift, deep cuts. Yeah, besides rare. She she liked her early work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then. Uh, so there's a streaming thing, and then I think uh, earlier this year we started a, a little uh, segment called Prince is a Dick. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, Paul, if you can help me keep score on this, I think we'll try to suss this out. Started out the year, Prince says he's going to play some clubs for a low ticket price. Dick or no? That right there would be a non-dick move. Okay, one in the non-dick column. Mm-hmm. Uh Later on that year, he started throwing pajama jam parties at his Paisley Park estate that you could line up in the Minneapolis cold, but you had to wear, be wearing pajamas. So there were like nine cases of fucking hypothermia yeah, as yeah, a result yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, but it resulted in like a six-hour jam. Okay. Dick or no? That, I would say, is a non-dick move. Okay, two. We got two. Well, wait a minute. I, I dispute that. <laughs> Because right. it's like tw- it's like thirty below in 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 uh, you know in uh, September in, make in, in Minneapolis. <laughs> well, I mean, but what's the deal? Like, is there is there at least a coat check? You know, like, are you can you put your Uggs on and like put them off somewhere? Or do you have to- Nobody's forcing you to line up in your pajamas to go watch Prince. If you want to show your devotion to that degree, then you can. That's very cold that's very free market Prince. of you. That's very free. <laughs> no one's forcing you to. No do one's this forcing thing. Prince to play. If he wants to play in set conditions, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I put that down in the dick column to make people like to, to make them wear pajamas. Okay, we'll say that cancels out then. All right. So, he's still, so he's that's still, 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 still just one. One dick. One dick. Later on in the year, Prince releases not one, 
But two albums, uh, Artificial Age, Dick or Non Dick. You haven't you haven't heard it though. I, so, I, I have no opinion on the dickishness of this or not. All right. Artificial Age, Non Dick, awesome album. Plectrum Electrum, Dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how can we, how can putting out a bad album be a dick move? Yeah, it's Prince. I mean, it, he's put out some bad albums before. Uh, it's I think it's a raise. It's putting them out so close together. But see, that's Prince probably has like nine albums just lying around that he hasn't put out yet. Right, right, right. You know, um, uh, counterpoint. Prince's albums available on streaming. So uh, yeah, they are. So how, so so how dick is it if you can just stream it if you want? Interesting. Had not considered that. Have you heard though, Plectrum Electrum? No, I haven't. Third Eye Girl. Third Eye Girl. Yeah, that was That's like straight Rage Against the Machine. No, yeah. I told you about that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> with with but but with like but but with with Prince vocals. Right. So you're not really pissed about anything after no, you're, no. you're just sort of like, all right, man, are you okay? Jesus, I all right. It, but I was like, this yeah. seems like he's ripping off Rage. Yeah. Okay. So does that fall in the dick or non-dick column? Man, I mean, I was I woke up this morning and started listening to Purple Rain. Huh? So, I mean, and you listen to that in his first album, it's like, I feel like he could do a lot better. Hmm. That, that album's 30 years old. That's a great album, though. Yeah. It's one of the best albums of the age. Exactly. Adam, you, you did I, the podcast I did the, I did, I did the uh, 30-year analysis of Purple Rain, you know? <laughs> uh, worth it. You guys can kiss my ass. That was a great fucking <laughs> album, you know? All right. So so I think I think that, that's three. Not a dick. Mm. Uh Finally, a few weeks ago, and you can go now. I think even news stories are beginning to get scrubbed. Prince removed all evidence of him from the internet. Dick move. Wait, wait, what? How is that possible? He sends DMCA takedowns. Huh? So uh, DMCA takedown is basically saying, like, you can't do this. You don't have the rights to this, so you need to take it off your website. Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Uh, and so, like, when I searched for Prince News 2014, like, there were very few stories, even though there were quite a few stories about him. Uh, everything's gone from YouTube. I'm surprised. That, well, stuff is on streaming because he doesn't own the rights to it. Uh, everything is gone. Uh, he's shut down Twitter, shut down Facebook. Like, you can't post videos. You can't do anything else. I kind of get the feeling that's going to bite him in his, his mm-hmm. tiny little ass later on. You know, because like 10 years from now, uh, you know, people will probably literally be like, you know, except the old people gumming their baby food are going to be like, who's Prince? Yeah. You know, he's not he's he's not going to really get any new fans that way, you know, or he could just, you know, become an eccentric icon like he already is. And yeah. People will seek him out because he just judges that he's that big. Uh, or you play the halftime show of the Super Bowl again. <laughs> I was going to say again. Yeah. Um, you could be on New Girl again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I forgot about that. Dick, dick move or no? Episode. Not dick move. Not dick? So, so we're, we're four to one. All right. The final final vote on here. This is not. This is looking good for him. Uh, what, what did he do? Oh, jazz show's going on. Prince walks by the club. Says, fuck it, y'all. I want to jam. Gets mm-hmm. up and plays while my guitar gently weeps. There you go. That's, that's, that's Dick interesting. move. Okay. Um, no, no. no. Uh, here's... Well, if you've watched his uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I have. That, like, that performance was legendary. Every, every other legend on stage looked at him like, all right, we, he's, he's. But he literally walked into a club, looked at the people who were in the middle of playing and said, sup. 
That that is kind of a dick well. Okay, okay. Here, I think here, but if you were in that club and you were at a jazz show and fucking Prince walks in and starts playing, all right, you're not going to be pissed. But wait a minute, like, let's, let's consider. Let's, let's consider who, who it was. Who, who was who was on stage? I, I, I it was some local. Jazz all right, artist. then then fine. Then they probably would have been like, all right, we'll sit down. You know, but if it was if it was somebody who if it was like the Marsalises or something, right. they'd have been like, go fuck yourself. Right. You know. No. 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 Um. But. Also, I can't imagine that, like, if the audience was loaded with, like, real, like, jazz guys, they're like, you're playing my guitar gently weeps, man. Come on. You know, yeah. well, you might as well have just done, like, Louie Louie when right. you got up here. <laughs> you know? I think you might be missing, forgetting a story. I think it's from this year. Uh-huh. He was on Fallon. So wait, this is two. Right. Oh, I am forgetting that's the best one. Uh, Dude, you're not even writing this down, Kevin. Right, so Prince is on Fallon, and he plays the guitar, the, the guitars from the Roots' guitar, I didn't see the performance, but I think he like throws it up and it falls and it like destroys the guitar. And this is like a really nice guitar. I don't it's know. Like something his grandfather gave him. Or right. Yeah. Right. That, okay, I'm dick. Kind of leaning towards that's dick a dick move. move. Yeah. That's a massive. That's a massive. Now, was the I think that counts for two actually? <laughs> okay, yeah, because it got the funniest tweet of the year. Uh, the the guy drummer from the. Roots, not the drummer, actually, the guitar player's guitar it was. It was like hashtag purple pain. Yeah. <laughs> Which was amazing. Uh, so, does that count for two? I think that, that I mean. And was, and was it the counts, dad? It definitely counts for one. It counts for two if Prince made no effort to, to reimburse the he man. He did not. Oh, then it was fuck a him. Epiphone. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's like a Lucille. <laughs> yeah. All right. God. <laughs> Are we saying two or three? That's three, then. If we're going to hang that big dick around his neck, we need to make sure he's... <laughs> yeah, seriously. Doing that well, that's what... Yeah. <laughs> so, at, at that counting for three, you break your buddy's oh, shit. God. That leaves us at four to four. Well, then there's the other story of him blowing off Dave Grohl this year. Oh, well. <laughs> Do tell, Sean. Yeah. He, he asked... Uh, he had his people talk to Dave Grohl's people about coming to... Yeah, you're right. Uh, jam with him because he was doing a bunch of dates in L.A. And so I guess uh, first show, Grohl shows up and you know they've been drinking. He's just like a little worried, but it comes the next time, and uh, Prince calls him up for sound check, and they 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 jam on some Zeppelin song yeah. for sound check. And then Prince is like, "Yeah, cool, we should jam. How about next week? What are you doing?" Because you know Grohl thought he was going to be playing that night, right? And then he's like, "Yeah, next week." And then he never gets a call from Prince, <laughs> so Prince blew off tape. All right, Dick. I've got one more. Wait. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the guy whose guitar he smashed um, still was like, well, it's Prince, and tried to get him to sign the wreckage, and he said no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. That's four more. So Prince is a dick. What what yeah, what I think what we landed on this year twenty fourteen. Ben's my friend. Is Prince is a dick. Solid boots our, and you're a dick our, our, right. our thesis was correct and Prince is a dick. Prince is a dick. So and we await the DMC takedown notice for this. Yes. so there there that is. Uh so all that aside, it is time to get some lists, some music, uh, to talk about the best in the year. Uh, who wants to go first? Which throw ahead in the rank, Quinn? I'll, I'll go got first. it. Should I pull out my list? Yeah. Right. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna go downstairs. Hold on. Keep going. Okay. No, we're not. We're not stopping. We just want more booze. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, uh, I had, I had uh, eight albums. Mm-hmm. I um, most mostly guitar based rock and roll. Yep. Um, so do you just want me to go go down the list? Go down the list, and then and then if you, if you find a stopping point and you want to like say this song is. 
Okay. So, uh, well, the, one of the albums I really liked was uh, Parquet Court's Sunbathing Animal. Uh-huh. And I think I chose one of the songs from there to play. Um, that's a kind of like punky indie. It's like not like a full punk. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like a punk punk album, but it's right. like punky overtones. I don't know how you would describe that. <laughs> slacker punk? Slacker punk, yeah. uh, perhaps. But no, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, um, Cloud Nothing's album, Here and Nowhere Else. Um, uh, Proto Martyr, Under Color of Official Right. Yeah. Paul Paul <laughs> just gave the, the devil horns, which you yeah. can't. Uh, are level, you still on a podcast? Level up, uh, level Up's Hoodwinks. But if you're lying, um, you can put Ava Luna, Electric Balloon. Uh, Mitski. I don't know if you guys know Mitski. Uh, it just came out. I Yeah, so I've heard a lot about that. Was, yeah. w- is this the uh, Bury Me at Makeout Creek? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good album. It's a good album. Yeah. It, um, it just came oh, out probably like a month ago. Almost made my list. I, I, I uh, like it's, like, it's like, I would say it's a, a little more grungier Angel Olsen. Do you, you want to call an audible and like maybe play a Mitski song? I, I haven't heard it. Um, we could play a Mitski song. Do you, do you have one in mind? Uh, Texas Resnikov, I All think right. it's called something like that. I don't even, I don't know if she's on streaming. She, she might is. be. Okay. What's the album? Bury Me in Makeout Creek. Okay. It's a nice. Simpsons reference. Excellent <laughs> Simpsons reference. All right, Texas we'll play Resnikov. Yeah, we'll play we'll play a Mitski song. Yeah, yeah, let's do, let's do that, and then we'll, we'll get a parquet chord. Yeah. All right, here's cool. Mitski. Mitski, what was that? Uh, Texas Reznikov. Reznikov, yeah. It's a good, it's a good kind of garage album. She's a great voice. Highly recommend it. Yeah, um, I, I saw that popping up a lot. Uh, there's going to be a few that we mentioned. I think we still have to pick a uh, Run the Jewels track, not to spoil anything. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's a few that popped up like late in the year, and I think that was one of them. That just it was like Mitski, 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 Mitski. And then I actually saw you on Facebook, like the uh, Neon Junkyard. Oh, on, on my my radio yeah, show, yeah, right, I was right. playing some Mitski. Yeah. 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 So I recommend it highly. Off Double Double Whammy, New York, small New York label. Which Level Up recently left. Yeah. To join Exploding Inside. Well, they no, they they but Level Up runs Double Double Whammy, and uh, yeah, they they well, co-release. T- tell yeah. me, tell me about Level Up because I listen to this and I think we might play a song. Um, this, level Up is this. They're very a uh, New York, very much a New York band. Uh, Tori's kind of shaking her head. I don't know why. Because <laughs> um, she's a fan. Um, but I really, I don't know, maybe because I really like their new album. It was very much, um, it was like, they've been working on it for like three years. Um, I mean like on and off. And, uh, it's kind of like there's you, the pavement, the pavement influence is, is large. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely that like, uh, just like kind of like 
talk about slacker rock like that like kind of like fuzzy but yeah. like goofy kind of 90s sound um but it's good it's nothing like revolutionary but it's uh, i think it's a solid solid record but i mean it made your list yeah yeah so. it, I, I mean like i i very much enjoy it and i saw them live twice this year um and then we could we could play parquet courts i don't know whatever which which you want to which you want to hear let's play that parquet court song parquet court song yeah instant disassembly uh, instant yeah. disassembly let's go, let's go with that That, that, that's not really guitar rock, Quinn. I'm okay, stuck. I mean that song isn't exactly guitar rock. It's like the slowest song in the album, but yeah. it uh, it is. If you listen to the next song, "Ducking and Dodging," that is a guitar rock yeah. punk song. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of very melodic. It's like that that little riff that ba, 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 yeah. it's like almost a show tune. Oh, it's, su- it's yeah, it's super yeah. hooky. Yeah, it's very hooky. Um, it uh, someone blog said that Andrew Savage is the only person who can sing Mama Cita without sounding like a huge douchebag. Um, <laughs> so I think that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you know, but all your all your assessments go in my like chat windows now. Like, the only thing, it was just like Quinn. This sucks. <laughs> now the next one is Quinn. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Like I like that. That's solid. Uh, so, uh, yeah. right. I, I feel like Parquet Courts, um, like our whole catalog is kind of like if you're like a disenfranchised thirteen year old in Ashburn, mm. that's your intro to punk. That is going to be your gateway to fucking up the rest of your high school career. Yeah, because they're like really easy to get into, and then you can like move on to heavier stuff. The one time I was going to go see him, and and I, I sort of held this grudge again. They were playing Ninth and Beats, mm-hmm. and they sort of realized what a mess that was going to be, and they're. <laughs> Air quotes, van broke down on the way. <laughs> and their, their PR agent was like, uh, so they're just not going to be there. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, they're, they stopped in like Rockville or something. Well, interesting. Uh, quick note that goes back to uh, the whole, not kind of the streaming thing. I think you can stream their music, but uh, they, do, they don't have a Facebook page or Twitter. And they, uh, which is, I think is, which is unique for a band, uh, a few bands do it. Um, but they, they're like you know they're booking tours and they're getting good like pretty good press on all their albums yeah. and they don't have that kind of social media. Are they book. are they starting the anti-social revolution? Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Interesting. But I mean, like it kind of it shows that like you can they're like a decently successful band. Uh, you can be. I think Black had a number of times. And, and they're always yeah. impact in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bunch of kids with like X's on their hands, but. You know. so, so what was your what was your number one? I don't know if I have a number one. I really like that Level Up album. Um, you wore the T-shirt on the last podcast. I did, yeah. Um, I repped repped my repped my homies, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, and that and the Sunbathing Animal album, Parking Course, was really good. That was a great record. Um, that was a their, big fan. their other one, Content Nausea, which came out this like uh, under their Parquet Quartz moniker. Um, yeah, I don't. It, uh, it was like a, like a lineup change. The same main, main two songwriters, though. Weirdly enough, um, was like way more experimental, and it was mm-hmm. it was I liked it, but it was not. I didn't think it was as good. What? Yeah. Cool. So you should be paying attention to Level Up and Parquet Courts. That's what I would say. say. Yeah. If you like guitars. Uh, Adam, you want to take us down to Jazzle? Yeah, as the official mayor of Geezer County. I'll uh, I'll get us going on that. Um, All right. So my my two were... uh, well, let's go down. Let's go down your list first. You you had a a shortened list. It must be said, when you started coming on this podcast... Yeah, the first thing you said, uh, you showed up. You're like, I've been in jazz for like three years. I have been. I've, I've so, been. I've been just so so. I, I bore the shit out of people. I talk about liner notes and right, uh, right. But guys who've been dead for twenty years and and uh, you know. It's been interesting to see you like come out of that sometimes to hilarious results. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, Thanks. Future Islands. Yeah, Future Islands. Um, that was an. Uh, that was an uh, so, uh, but with that in mind, there there is some jazz, and yeah, I think two of the songs you wanted to play were jazz. Uh, one of well, uh, one of them. Um, just my my list is basically uh, Sonny Rollins' road shows. Um, that was this. Uh, it's basically kind of a retrospective. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's fair to call it a new album, but it's it's a uh, um, basically a bunch of uh, select tracks taken from uh, a series of concerts that he's done over the past twenty years. And uh, he still sounds amazing uh, being, like, 80-something. Uh, he still kills it, you yeah. know? And, like, the thing about jazz is you can... The, the difference between rock and jazz is, like, you can pretty much take a guy who's... A rock guy who's 70 and, mm-hmm. you know, cart him out there, and, and he can... The rock guy can still pull it off, yeah. you know? But uh, jazz is a different animal entirely in that, that it's it's really difficult to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um, at that level, and, and Sonny Rollins is still able to do that. Um, 
So that would be one, um, Sonny Rollins Road Shows. Uh, the one that I'd like to play a track from is uh, more modern, a guy who's not uh, 80 years old. He's kind of the current face of, of uh, jazz now. It's Joshua Redman. And uh, the album's called Trios Live. Um, but you, you did an interview. I did an interview with Joshua Redman. Did, didn't, I only pissed myself a little when I was talking to him. <laughs> Uh, just, a lot of that this year. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> just oneself during only interviews. yeah only piss- I, I haven't humped Sturgill yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, only pissed myself a little. It was a great interview. Um, but uh, Trios was a, a great album. It was um, it wasn't done in the studio. It was uh, um, live. Uh, like f- I think maybe four or five tracks were done at the Jazz Standard in New York and uh-huh. Manhattan, and uh, three of them were recorded at uh, Blues Alley uh, in D.C. and the great thing about it uh, is when you're listening to a lot of the, you know, kind of old stuff off the, you know, off Blue Note or Impulse, sure. um, you're listening to like really great jazz. But what you're dealing with are the limitations of that recording equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now what you're hearing is you're hearing what it's he's because as amazing as Redman is, he's kind of rooted in, in traditional jazz. Yeah. Um, so when you're hearing him, he's, he's, uh, you're, you're kind of hearing what it would sound like if say, I don't know, John Coltrane or Sonny Rollins or Dexter Gordon or somebody like that was, was, uh, actually in a decent studio with some good equipment, you know? Um, so, uh, the cut that I would choose off, uh, trios would be act natural. Thank you. 
Let's see. Uh, I did uh, Tune Yards. Um, uh, That's something we discussed on the show earlier and stuff. And it was funny, like, when we were chatting earlier. It grew text, on me like a fungus. Because, uh, were, yeah. Paul, were you on that one? No. Quinn was down here. Was Quinn, Quinn on no, that I don't, one? I don't think I've been on a Tune Yards. Yeah. No. Uh, so it was, it was a weird thing because both you and I were super fans of Who Kill. Mm-hmm. And then this one came out, and I'm not. I mean, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I think you at the time were like, "This is interesting. This is." Fun. And then, and then it, it was just a turn. And it just grew. I mean, yeah, it grew on me. She's she's ridiculously talented. Um, you know, there there kind of a lot of uh, empty suits in music. You know, guys who are just kind of doing it by the numbers, and they have a wardrobe and, yeah. and a haircut and not much else. You know, but. Uh, She's she's not a joke. She's she has a really unique way of of going about it. She has an amazing voice, and um, she's capable of 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 just kind of grabbing any style that she wants to and making it um, amazing, like really amazing. Um, and oddly enough, like the song that I, I chose off of uh, Nicky Knack was kind of the one that's like less adorned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just just it's I think it sounds all it sounds like vaguely Haitian. You know, yeah. um, it, like like some Smithsonian folkways kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, right. And it's called Rocking Chair. And uh, I was, I've, you know, and as much as I love the rest of the stuff on the album, and there's some great stuff on that album, but this one was great because it was her just sort of stripped down and it lets you know like how incredibly talented she is without, uh, you know, the loop pedals and the, the backup yeah. vocals. Would, she can just do this on her own. Yeah. You know, um, so I, this, I, I chose uh, Let's play a little of that. Yeah. Uh, that is an actual, uh, that, that is one of the songs on that album that I actually like yeah, yeah. as well. So it's Rocking Chair from Tune Yards. It's a great song. It's amazing. And it shows like, like, there's a couple of albums on my top 10 that actually show, I picked them because it shows that they're great songwriters, not just great, they're not just fussy people. Mm-hmm. You know, they make fussy music. I, f- I found this one a little fussy. That's why it didn't end up on mine. I haven't right. listened to it too much. But Paul, you were saying you've, you've been, you yeah. liked it. But. Yeah. I mean, I've revisited it a few times, but it's one of those that like. I don't end up playing the whole album through mm-hmm. a lot. I'll listen to it for a while and then I'll want to tune into something else because it's I actually I think it's kind of difficult music and it's more difficult than the fir- than the first album, which isn't necessarily yeah. a knock, but at the end of the year for list making purposes, I can't say that it's something that I turn to a lot, mm-hmm. but I also think that it's the one that's the most likely a few years from now that I'll, I'll go back to and be like, how did I miss this? Because it, it's really, yeah. But when you revisit it, is it because you feel like you should, or because you need to, or no, cause I think there some are other I, source told you, you should be listening to that again. No, or, actually, cause it, it hasn't drawn to it. It hasn't actually shown up with a whole lot of the year in the reviews. Oh. I don't think it has either. it's, it, it kind of got uh, lost in the margins. I go back to it because 
I like tune yards a lot. Okay. There's, because there's, I, there's, because I, mean, I like no, tune yards. Yeah. Big so difference. Like whether you're drawn back to it or whether you it like comes into your legs. And, and because I really respect what she's doing, because I think she's pushing the boundaries on a lot of you know what you're conceiving of as pop. And there's there's nobody like this like her. No, there's nobody doing anything even. I mean, you know. Uh, so many times when when they point, I mean, like talented women in music, it it's it's getting like kind of predictable. It's like, oh well, there's the girl who can do the pointless vocal acrobatics, and she's got like a C cup and tight abs, mm. and you know, but but she's not really doing anything interesting, you know. But this this she's amazing. Meryl Garbus is amazing. It, it should be said that that this is you know. Uh, Regardless of like how you connected with the album, she has toured the shit out of it and sold out every single day. She probably doesn't even have like an apartment yet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I she she probably just has stuff in storage or, or just lives out of a suitcase or no, something. No, she's got a kid. She's got a good life. Uh, does she? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, so. I, she's she's just amazing, and um, uh, I'm a huge fan of her. And and it like Paul was saying, it's difficult music, and it took me a few listens to to kind of get it. But but then I was like, oh, 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 okay, okay, right, 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 right. And and I just it just grew on me. It just grew on me more like more and more and the more I listened to it until does, the point where I couldn't stop listening does, to does it. Does that mean four years from now I'm gonna like re listen to that Y Oak album and be like, Oh <laughs> No, definitely well, <laughs> Apples and oranges there, I think. Um I don't mind Shriek, but okay. Uh, the rest of the stuff. Uh, so run down the list. Uh, the rest of the stuff on my list was uh, old ninety sevens. Yeah, messed up. Great album. That's just you know that's uh, like I'm always down for a good drinking album, and that's it was. A great that was a, that album. was a fun fucking podcast just, too. Yeah, just like that's just the greatest. This is this is probably one of the best drinking albums I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. You know? um, Sturgill Simpson, Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music. Bruner's here to talk about. Uh, I mean, good God, yeah, like that. That was so desperately needed. Because especially considering what country music has become, yeah. um, it's either it's either really sort of terrible. Uh, I love spending time with my family and I love the troops or it's um, kind of bro country. And there's nothing like dangerous about it at all. And uh, finally, you know, Careful, Sturg- you talk smack about Florida Georgia line. My lady's going to smack. You down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson. She's down here. Sturgill like, Simpson has bought yeah. like um, he's bought a little bit of danger back into country music. Country music has, has gotten a little Disney-fied yeah. over the years. Um, and 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 uh, I don't know. I, from what I understand of it, like Sturgill Simpson is not interested in in claiming like that particular title. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but it, it, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to put that crown on him anyway. I think he's great. I think he's desperately needed. Um, and, and I couldn't stop listening to that record either. And Hundred Visions. Um, yeah. That that was like that was such a fucking good record, man. Oh, my God. It was just in that drummer. I, I, I kind of like I, Eric Loftus. Uh, is his name Eric Loftus? Eric Loftus. I'm going to I'm going to like. I'm gonna like stalk him all. He'll, he'll be should. like, man, leave me the fuck alone, dude. You're he'll be, he'll be so out. happy. Yeah. <laughs> he's no, he's like... amazing. I love that drummer. He's he's just a rock solid, uh, killer drummer. Great, great band. Um, yeah, I, I was a huge fan, and uh, I, I fail to understand why uh, they aren't just sort of blowing up all over the place. You are not alone. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, they were amazing. Absolutely yeah. well, amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's next year, maybe. Yeah, who knows. Who knows? No. But uh, yeah, if if I could recommend running out and buying anything on this list, um, I, I, I guess it would have to be Hundred Visions because everything else everyone's probably heard of, kind of floating around mm-hmm. in the ether somewhere. Um, but 
it feels like nobody's heard 100 visions. So, uh, you know, I would say run out and get that as soon as you possibly I, can. I predict like five albums from now. That's going to be people are going to be looking back and yeah. seeking out Permanent Basement and this yeah, album yeah, Spike. Yeah. And I forget, they told me the name of, of the new one. What's the new one? It's, it's a cool name, but I can't remember it. But, uh, you know, they'll be seeking out these early albums and be like, where the f- fuck did these guys come from? <laughs> yeah exactly and that's and that's where and then they'll be the mayors of austin exactly which be fine <laughs> they'll dethrone the butthole surfers finally yeah you know um so i guess since you you, you broke the uh, sturgill seal yeah sorry man like mr. i didn't mean to i didn't mean to step no, on you mr your bruner yeah. come close to the mic here uh it's uh, i feel like uh Picking out favorites is like picking out a favorite child, and I can't do that. No. But, uh, so the Sturgill Simpson, that podcast, you sent me that album like two weeks prior to that. I did. And I didn't listen to it. Uh, you're like, do you like country music? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so that, that day, that was Mother's Day, and uh, I've got all sorts of personal, like, like, ridiculous shit going on in my life this year, but, um. That day, you turned on, I think it was, the first song you turned on, I think it was uh, Turtles All the Way Down, yep. and it was a revelation. Mm-hmm. A revelation, like, in 2010, my father passed away, I got all of his records, and for the first month after he passed away, I was in the basement, listening to his records, drinking beer, one of the albums was Return of the Grievous Angel by Brian Parsons. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible album. And when I listened to that, I was like... I mean, I've been listening to Ryan Adams and Whiskey Town, mm-hmm. Wilco, Uncle Tupelo, all that stuff for a long time. There's lots time. of roads into this. A long time listening to that stuff, and I realized it was like an epiphany. Like, all these guys have been ripping off, you mm-hmm. know. And, it, and it, that album had, like, just kind of touched me deeply uh, because of all this shit that I was going on four years ago with my yeah. father passing away. Um, so I listened to this album, and uh, Turtles All the Way Down... It's not my number one song. It was right because you, 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 you asked you for two, you asked for two songs and you said not by the same artist. I'm like, God damn it! Because <laughs> uh, Turtles All the Way Down and Just Let Go were yeah. definitely my two favorites. Yeah. Um, there's a line in uh, uh, Turtles All the Way Down. It says marijuana, LSD, psilocybin, DMT. Right. Uh, these all change the way that I, the way the way that I see, but love's the only thing that I could, could ever save my life. Absolutely. And that that's fucking deep. Yeah. That's fucking deep. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to comment on the chemicals and everything. And, but. And, and, and that, also, but, guaranteed the guy wasn't going to end up on CMT. Right. You know? And that's that's hilarious because that is <laughs> that is the line that I think most people this year, all the press has paid attention to because they're like, oh my god, he said drugs. <laughs> but that is also the line that, that like binds it to like country. Right. Because it's still the same subject matter, which right. is. You know, love, family, your dog, whatever. <laughs> right. But, uh, and, yeah, so, and that yeah. line is, is... Like, love's the only thing that can really make sense of all the shit that's going on in your life, right? But, for me personally, Just Let Go, like, resonated with me because I started this year um, without getting into a whole lot of personal shit, just in a bad place. Yeah. And I realized throughout the year that there are things that I need to let go of, that I can't control... And when you do that, there's so much freedom just to enjoy life and everything. And just like listening to that song, it's been almost like a mantra to me. Mm-hmm. Just let go. Um, let go of the shit you can't control. Um, Let's play it. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Woke up today and decided to kill my ego. 
Bolo tie? Sorry, you got all sensitive. Sorry. Here. That's a real thing. Um, did, did who have a bolo tie? Uh, the, the Estonian guitar player, man. Did he have a bolo tie? Of course he had a bolo tie. Because he was rocking it. He had, he had a cowboy. He was the only guy in the band. He was from Estonia in a country band. Only guy with a cowboy hat. You know, he had a yeah. cowboy hat, uh, like a, a kind of denim shirt. With, with, like, the pockets on it, you know, the smiley face pockets on mm-hmm. it and everything, man. He was. Uh, Every time I hear that album, I want to just, like, drive to the shelter and adopt a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. D- don't play but the it, album oh, for Lisa. Man. But, it, but it, oh, it, it should be, like, their, their pull quote. Like, <laughs> we'll make you want to drive to the <laughs> adopt a puppy. Uh, how did that make you feel, Quinn? Have you listened to this much? Yeah. yeah, no. Uh, I'm. This is like the opposite of what I listen to, but uh, I, I, I really, I like it. Uh, when you, when you first sent, it, when you first, you don't have to, Quinn. You don't have to be okay. polite. Man. When you first sent it to yeah. me, I thought you were kidding. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, it, I, 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 I'm not. I, 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 I like it. I do genuinely like it. Yeah, genuinely right. like it. <laughs> Quinn's pull quote this is like the opposite of what I listen to <laughs> uh, alright so Brian so that, that being the case this this album was like you were saying is clearly your number one yes uh, I will well, say that you didn't have a dog before this year right no I did not and now you have a dog now I have a dog success you still need to meet the dog actually <laughs> I did rescue the dog I should have brought her today sorry mm-hmm. it's okay she's at home pissing on my floor I think wait <laughs> bringing dogs was an option Kenobi cast. Come on. Uh, what, what were your other uh, albums this year that sort of made it for you? Um, other albums. War on Drugs was a great album. I still, whenever that comes on random on my flash drive in my car, I usually take it off random and just listen to the rest. It's a great album. Um, what else did I say? Shit. I remember. I really like Black Clouds. Dreamcation. That is just the best album. I mean, so, I mean, it's like we've got Mogwai in our backyard. Yeah, actually, we were texting back and forth on that show because uh, you were at real estate. <laughs> no, it wasn't a real estate. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was uh, new pornographers. New por- yeah, same th- No, not same thing. <laughs> no, not um, same thing. God, what else was on my list? I just looked it up earlier. Uh, I like St. Vincent a lot. Um, 
dead to me. I don't know if there are any metalheads in the house, but uh, Interarma from Richmond, Virginia, yeah. they put out an album called The Cavern this year. It's a one song is 45 minutes long. And Jesus, like, man. Um, it's like Imagine two, rehearsing that son of a bitch. It's called the cavern. What do you want? <laughs> my friend Tinkin, everything everybody does in the end is really good friends with them. Yeah. They may be coming on the podcast, so then please you let should. me know. I know, I'll let you run. Are there gonna be some are there gonna be some real live metal guys down? I've never really yeah. seen some real live metal yeah, guys. Yeah, They're always They're the uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I met them when they played at Rock and Roll and like the drummer, I heard he like came he showed up to a show and played the drums in like a speedo or something. It's well, like, I mean, fuck yeah. I mean, look at it. Look, I mean, you're talking about Black <laughs> Clouds and Jim Cage. Yeah. I mean, we've all talked with like, Jimmy Rhodes at right. some point or another. Like, there's no reason to think that that guy would go out and be like, just slay right. like they do. Um, I don't remember my other favorites. I mean, it's, uh, this year I got stuck on a few albums, some of which were not from 2013. Um, Caveman, just far and away, one of my favorite albums yeah. in the past few years. But um, yeah, Sturgill and... Inner Arma and uh, what was my name? I don't remember. Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent was good. I don't remember the rest. <laughs> All right. But well, if you don't remember, then they weren't. Then they, then they weren't on on your top. Right. Like right. they weren't on the uh, list, man. Sturgill didn't, number one didn't, didn't make the cut. All right. So uh, Tori, yeah. you want this one? Yeah. Too many mics. Too many mics. All right. Um, I have. I also have to verify my list. So if we're talking to, we're going to kind of start from songs and then go into sort of listing. Well, I think, I think, how did you, what was your year in music like? My year in music, I actually feel, I felt very opposite from, I think a lot of the people here saying there were so many good albums, you had a hard time narrowing it down. Mm -hmm. I felt the opposite where I felt like I had a hard time coming up with more than four or five. I came up with six. So, um... And not for any particular reason. I think I just, um, I listened to so much music in a very short period of time Mm -hmm. from like throughout college trying to get into the music realm. And then I did and realized that most of it was shit. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, I'm not going to give a shit about something unless it really, really like grabs me and like bites into me so because there's only so, so you're, much time. you're in the you're in the yes. jaded phase of music I'm, journalism i am i'm no, very much it. Well, thank, you. Hey. thank you it's a fun place to be we'll show you the secret handshake later ah, thank you so yeah i've become very uh i guess disillusioned i've become very hyper aware of a cycle that exists of promotion companies and festivals and record labels mm-hmm. um and it just kind of started to piss me off so the things that i selected were things that maybe didn't even necessarily get the press that it deserved mm-hmm. um but that i mean that means fucking shit just because well, it means you get a lot of press it's getting it now. like it is now um so i guess if i kind of so sort of context my uh two songs that i selected uh are sort of based both in they're very different topics um but both kind of having to do with uh also becoming like transitioning Mm -hmm. in a way and becoming somebody different than you have ever been before uh so my song of 2014 is uh against me's black me out uh so in case just context uh against me is like one of the big like pop punk like folk rock, folk punk bands, and um, their lead singer in 2012, maybe late 2012, um, came out as publicly transgender, which was like the, really one of the first times anybody in public mm-hmm. music had ever done that. Um, so she now goes as Laura Jean Grace, and she's like 
fucking better than ever, still singing just as strong, like sounds the same as she ever did, fronting like a very macho uh, pop, <laughs> punk rock band. Uh, but she sounds great. She did a little solo tour, kind of exploring, announcing to everybody like, hey, this is who I am, but I'm not any different. And so she did this tour with a bunch of other like, uh, you know, queer folk and uh, people identifying like differently on the gender spectrum, which for most of the people that listen to Against Me, this is fucking the first time they ever knew that that was like a thing that existed. Yeah. yeah. So very important. So, you know, you're talking about great albums of 2014, but also like what did 2014 like mean? Like what was important in 2014? And I think that in 2014, gender issues like finally started getting some of the kick up that it needed yeah. uh so this song black me out is awesome it um i think it's kind of like it's a fuck you to like macho punk dudes that uh laura jane like hung out with previously but i think it could also translate to kind of like a fuck you to the music industry being like you know we like tried doing the like let's be successful signed to a real label thing mm-hmm. and like didn't really fucking work out the way that we wanted to right. so no matter what your opinion is i think everybody can kind of relate Let's hear that then. This is uh, Black Me Out. The the name of the album is uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Piss on the walls of your house. So, yeah, Laura Jane, welcome she's to the Poppy Squad. She's gonna miss that equipment, man. When she needs to do that. You can't aim anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, been talking I with Paul. Spray on the floor in your house. <laughs> she's gonna have to do it like a cat. Paul, a little basically. bit. Uh, Go ahead, put that in the floor. A little bit about this album uh, because, like, I, I've never been a fan of Against Me, mm-hmm. and this album did get all the press. Now, I, I think that we're, who cares why it got the press? Like, the issues that they're talking about are, are super important. Mm. Uh, that having been said, that was the first time I heard that song. And I was like, oh, I didn't just didn't make it through the whole album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it was, like, it was. I think she released it as, like, a little acoustic single before the album mm. came out. And I was like, holy shit. It's so, I almost prefer the acoustic version. Uh, but this sounds very, and the whole album sounds, like, very big, very produced, very clean. Uh, which is definitely different than what they have been in the past, but it has the same spirit. It has the same, like, fuck everybody but us kind of spirit. Where are they from? Gainesville, Florida. (laughs) Town of the Fest. So somebody on the podcast... Buddies and Roadkill. Yeah. Somebody somebody had to defend pop punk on this podcast, so it'll be me. Uh, And then my other song selection, um, which, again, sounds 
pretty different, um, but also Cloud Nothings, with which uh, Quinn had mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, and they've been the, around for a little while now. They've been playing. This was their second full length, I think, maybe third. Did you say they're um, the only good thing to come out of Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can come up with nothing else, so very possibly. Right. The Afghan um, wigs came out of Ohio. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the Afghan um, wigs came from Ohio. Oh, Devo mm-hmm. came from Ohio. So one I mean, of the, I'm from Ohio. but <laughs> <laughs> So they had like, you know, they did a, yeah. a big press tour for this album called Here and Nowhere Else, which came out uh, earlier this year, maybe February or March or something, um, or January. Which also, that I totally forgot, I, Transgender Dysphoria Blues came out in January of 2014, so I almost thought it was last year, and I was like, oh, fuck, like, nothing else really mattered. It, so it's, luckily, weird, it's weird to see an album that comes out, like, that early in the year and, like, survive, like, uh, That's like, how it, you know. The Hospitality album, like, I feel bad that, like, it's, it just didn't hit anybody's list. I, I still think that's a great album, but... It was good. Oh, come I on. think it was I good. Agree. I agree. I don't think it's very good. <laughs> it was pretty good. <sighs> I'm with you, Paul. We yeah. said we weren't going to do this, Paul. <laughs> I want to see some Thunderdome, but I have heard no Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you want to play uh, Now Herein, Cloud Nothings? Yes, and just as far as transition goes, we hear now somebody moving from being a depressed, what the fuck is my life about, like 21-year-old, to now, I forget the lead singer-songwriter's name. Mm-hmm. Dylan um, Baldy. Dylan Baldy, yes. And he's really, he's like 24 years old. Quinn Cullen dropping yeah. the knowledge. <laughs> he's really fucking young. And so, and you can hear now from his last album to this that he, he, he must have gotten some awesome girlfriend or something because now oh. he's like, he's, you know, the music is still very challenging and mm. very introspective, but he's growing in a, in a positive yeah. way. So that that like, could have gone the other way. Like, yeah. That, that, that happens a lot. Really a big day. I was well, like, good for you, song, man. I found a new girl and lost what makes me interesting. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Now Herein with wow. Cloud Nothing. No, no, that happens all else. the time. Mm-hmm. That...
We've had quite a few transitions here. I guess maybe has been my like theme of the year. Maybe that's myself. I graduated from college this year, yeah. so maybe that's the whole reason. You graduated yeah. from college and then and then sort of got thrust into intentionally into like the the center of. I mean, you're the music editor for DCS now. I am. So as far <laughs> um, uh, as far as the rest of my list, um, like I said, somebody had to be like the pop punk 14 year old here uh modern baseball you're gonna miss it all mm-hmm. they're fucking awesome i saw them uh what's that? tuesday in baltimore what's their story so like their stories they're a bunch of nerdy fucking dudes from philadelphia and when i went to i have never felt like old before but i felt old at this show because everybody was like oh, 14 modern years baseball old. she's, she's talking about modern baseball <laughs> is she saying that she felt old at the show like they, for the it, first they time were supposed they, to play at the Fillmore. Yeah, they were. I take it, but then they moved to the It Baltimore. was better that they played here. The Fillmore, they didn't. It wasn't. It was too big. Yeah, are, are, are they that like big a band? No. I mean, they're doing really well for what they are. Okay. Like they're getting like good press for being like an emo pop punk band for sure. But like the Fillmore was a little too big. Um, but they were awesome, and it was just like these you know fourteen year olds like crowd surfing every thirty seconds and like. This, like, crazy, like, raw, like, when you see kids, like, any of you that, like, have kids, like, you know, kids, like, screaming the lyrics, their favorite song, like, it's every, like, it's keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, like, I wish I still felt that way about something. About anything. About anything, <laughs> yeah. I'm 22. <laughs> I'm 22. <laughs> are, are, are they down? Yeah. Now, the question, are, are they, like, 2014's front kids. bottoms? Yes. They're very then I, I completely understand. Yeah, that. no, totally. Um, they're a little bit less. They're not folky acoustic at all. The they're way also not as whiny as the front bottoms. They're not as whiny for sure. <laughs> How do you feel, Quinn? <laughs> oh, I feel. I mean, I got a head cold, but I'm, I'm feeling yeah. better. Um, <laughs> I have to. I must also say, uh, Saint Vincent was also on my list of okay. albums of the year. Um, definitely, probably the most. Uh, experimental album she's put out to date i think a lot of her older not older like in age but like longtime fans have mm. were maybe a little like put off by it they're like what the fuck i don't get what she's doing here but apparently the live tour that she did which i did not see unfortunately was yeah, you like, saw it. fucking incredible i saw i saw her at 9 30 club and uh man her guitar th- there was an incredible show just incredible show woman and her guitar playing reminded me of Prince. So I don't know. But in a good way. Whoa, 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 in a good way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In a good way. No, Prince is an amazing guitar player. But he, uh, he, she put on an incredible show at the 930 Club. And I kind of wanted to see her with, who did she tour with this year? Black Keys? Yeah. And somebody else, I think. I don't know. But, oh well. opened at the 930 Club? I don't remember. I think I got there late. I think I got there late. But that was an incredible show. That's, yeah, she is an incredible showwoman. Yep. And so. then rounding rounding out my list for the year uh, is uh, Chumped, who are also mm-hmm. a pop punk band from Philadelphia that I predict you will see a lot of in 2015. Type Fighter just did a tour with them, right? Yes, correct, yep. which is where I saw them. They opened for Type Fighter, and they were fucking awesome. They have an album called Teenage Retirement, which, like, once again, transitioning into life periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kaitana... Who, or no, I'm sorry, Chumped is from Brooklyn. Kaitana is from uh, Philadelphia. Once again, it's a female pop-punk trio, um, but just really great songwriting, and the, the front woman has this kind of, like, voice that gets under your skin, uh, and it was great. And they played with Modern Baseball, and it was like, you know, these 16-year-old dudes that were ready to, like, 
mosh with your best friends and then Katana <laughs> played this like beautiful like like all, like still like you know kind of angsty but like a little bit more grown up and like nobody was moving but it was so good and I was like yes and then Modern Baseball played and they were also great but it was like give these kids a couple more years and they'll understand Katana yeah. uh, so that album was called Nervous Like Me and it is excellent 2015 will be a good year for I think all of my artists yeah Modern baseball dropping their like triple album. Extravaganza. I bet. I mean, when your songs are two minutes long, with like, liner notes. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little something about me in the liner notes. Are you gonna put a list of all of our favorites? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I need to check. We're out gonna collect them, and there's gonna be in the show notes and all this. Uh, so I guess that brings us to Paul. Unless all you right. want me, to, unless you want me to go first. Old no, man you, Paul. Listen, it's it's your house. You can uh, back clean up here. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. All right, I gotta get this mic working here. <laughs> oh no, it lost its sock. No, that episode number three. Oh yeah, <laughs> pulling off the, the sock. actual the, the actual sock. mic sock that takes well, me back. That's when we had no windscreens, had no mm-hmm. <laughs> things. We're like, no, nah, this will make it sound better, dude. <laughs> things have come a long way <laughs> since Andre's basement. <laughs> that, that was at your house. Oh, the sock was at my house. Sock my old house, because yeah. Because you're pulling it off in the headphones, and you hear this like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just awful. And that was the only time that we did a podcast at my old house. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, so you said you wanted to do the, the tracks early, and I think that... Well, the, well, I think yeah. more, too, like... Like... We've had similar but different years in music. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's definitely some overlap between our uh, lists. I haven't seen your list, and you haven't seen mine, but right. I... Guarantee there's some overlap. There's <laughs> yeah, also yeah, yeah. some pretty uh, some pretty stark differences. It's a, it's a pretty egregious differences. Yeah, actually. Actually. yeah, <laughs> pretty quickly. Um, but I, the tracks I chose, I think, highlight something that maybe isn't unique to this year in music, but uh, is a unifying theme for a lot of the stuff that I like the most, which was bands pushing out um, not just in new directions personally, but f- in uh, new genre directions. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, and it's you know it's not a new thought that uh, genre distinctions are kind of becoming less and less important because people have access to so much music electronically. Mm-hmm. You can get a music education in hours that it would have taken you years, if ever, to get in mm-hmm. uh in decades past. And so I think people are really able to pick and choose and take things in, in different directions. And, uh, the two tracks that I chose kind of exemplify that aspect of the year in music for two different artists. The first one I chose is from my, uh, my number 10 album of the year. Um, uh, sunny day in Glasgow, yeah, see you in absent. Um, it's, uh, it's their track, uh, MTLOV minor keys, uh, Sunny Day in Glasgow is an international six-piece. Uh, if you were going to try to classify this album genre-wise, there's a lot of shoegaze in it. There's some dream pop. There's some standard pop. They also use the same producer, uh, Jeff Ziegler, that uh, The War on Drugs uses mm-hmm. and that you, The War on Drugs used for their excellent new sure. album as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you can hear some of that uh, that spaciousness yeah. in the album that uh, that shows up without actually overpowering things with a wall of sound like this isn't this isn't shoegaze by way of my bloody valentine it's a little bit more uh it's a little bit more forward uh with in terms of the vocals yeah so let's, let's, let's do listen that first this is a was it mtlov minor keys is yep that, all right
I haven't listened to that since you uh, you passed it around, and like definitely it's hitting the little sweet spots. Yeah. Everybody knows my love of you know mid '80s John Hughesian like stuff. It's got a little Sunday. It's got a little shoegaze pop light. Uh, it's I was gonna say it's similar to the merchandise album, which is probably an honorable mention, or my I don't know if it's on your list or not, but it's yeah, it's it's a very uh, there's a difference, I think, between dream pop and synth pop and all that, and actually just pop that is coming back, where people are using all these things to make good songs, instead of just, um, look at me, I've got 18 cents. Yeah, and I, I, I can see what you're saying with the merchandise, I think, um, and I, I did like that album. I think the difference is that this this album, to my ears at least, goes a little bit... Uh, it goes a little bit deeper than yeah. the merchandise album does. I, I, for lack of a better analogy, I feel like the merchandise album kind of skips along the surface, and it skips along the same surface, mm-hmm. and it's very, it's very pleasant, but it's also forgettable. Yeah. Like I can't even. I think that's. Dar- I can't I think remember that's what you said about it. Yeah, it was just like, like one note. But this one's got some uh, some tracks that'll dig their hooks into you, and at least for me, it's a different track every time. Mm-hmm. So. That's, that's the mark of a good album. Yeah, mind. it is. Um, and the second album, following along those uh, uh, similar themes, but somewhat different music, let's say, is off of uh, Flying Lotus's new album, You're Dead. Um, I'm not uh, in a constant jazz hole like some others here, but uh, but I do I do really it's not like a constant jazz. No. Hole. <laughs> I come out every now and that's, again. That's actually a compliment. I yeah, wish I knew more about modern to jazz, get to get so. my mail and you know yeah. like. <laughs> But uh, but Flying Lotus um, incorporates a lot of uh, jazz elements along with along with hip hop and electronic into his into his uh, music. And his new album, Your Dead, is a concept album that is supposed to trace the path of a spirit from the moment of death onto transition in a uh, in a Tibetan Book of the Dead mm-hmm. type way. Uh, he worked with uh, he worked with Herbie Hancock on this. He worked with Kendrick Lamar on a track. He worked with uh, he worked with Snoop Dogg on a track and. It's an album that I wanted to highlight, but pulling one track from this isn't really fair. It's only 38, right. it's 38 right. minutes, and it really has to be experienced beginning to end. But if there's one track that really gets at the thesis of the album, it's the track he did with Kendrick, with Kendrick Lamar, and that's the one that we're going well, to listen to right be. here. Uh, yep. Never Catch Me? Never Catch Me. All right. And the video is awesome for this, too. Yeah. 
right, so I'm actually sort of sad Roddy's not here because uh, I, I we started talking about that that being on there, and I I'd, I realized what I told you I hadn't heard it. I, I had listened to it. That's a difficult album. Yeah, it, it can be rewarding. I think. I think I think it's a fantastic album, and I think what I like the most about it is that Flying Lotus is uh, one of those artists that I'd heard of but hadn't really given enough time to on the previous albums. Mm-hmm. And digging into his back catalog, he's got some amazing stuff. Like this is a guy who the anything else he puts out, I'm going to be looking forward so, to. So he's this doing is the thing where this, this got you in, and you're not necessarily going to be listening to this. Years from now, you're going to be listening to like I think I'm celebrating going to be, his whole catalog or this. I think I'm going to be listening to this. I might be okay. listening to other stuff too, but I. this was a late-in-the-year ad for me, mm-hmm. and this has been going pretty much every day since I since I picked it up a little yeah. while ago. So. All right. Very cool. Well, yeah. let, let, speaking of lists, let's run down. All list. right, we'll run down the rest of the list. Mine uh, is a little bit longer than the ones we've had so mm-hmm. far, so I won't do a full analysis on each one. Uh, Kevin... Said that we could go up to fifteen, so I of yep. course took of course advantage you got of the full fifteen. Not, not, right not fifty, not fifty. Of course, 50. you have fifteen. Well, because Paul. I mean, the thing about it is, like, you, if you if you have a list of fifty, a you 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 aren't really necessarily listening, but that's that's every good release that came out, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the point? I mean, here's stuff I listen to. Yeah. Well, and okay, so this is actually a decent transition from Flying Lotus. My fifteenth album is uh, Julie Holland's Wine Dark Sea, and it's a, even though it's a very different album, it's a it's a good transition because Julie Holland has done a lot of uh, country and Americana, and she's, there's a, still a bit of that on, on this album. But she started working with more uh, free jazz and experimental uh, musicians on this one, and I think it takes the uh, the songs in a different direction. It's well, it's well worth listening. It's not for everybody. It sometimes doesn't flow 100%, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, interesting material on the album yeah. to work through. Uh, number 14 is uh, EMA's The Future's Void. Um, at times, I'm not sure if this lives up to, uh, to her first album. It's not as thematically tight as the mm-hmm. first one, but there are also some amazing highs. Uh, Three Jane, Cthulhu, Neuromancer, like she's pulling in industrial I mean, stuff. any it's, album that uses Cthulhu basically is Paul Bait. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, Wayne Newton has an album yeah. out called Cthulhu and Paul's like in line. Like, it Cthulhu was, loves. <laughs> well, though, to be fair, if that's all it took, then my entire list would just be like Norwegian death metal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, those fuckers kill and eat every, each other. Every year we're surprised it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, number 13 is, uh, is our friend's uh, Roadkill Ghost Choir's yeah. album in tongues. Like, like they're the best band I've ever kicked out of Kevin's house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. Uh, number twelve, um, uh, Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just this is such a tight album. It's it's incredible. If you've got a if you've had a bad day or you're feeling a little bit you're you're feeling a little pissed off at the world, throw this on here. It's also got just you listen to. Uh, I think there's a there's a lot of hip hop out there that has uh, a lot of false confidence, and this one exudes. Pure confidence, like it, this is this is real. It's, it's, confidence. it's got a lot of like really pure confidence, but it's got like way too much dick in my mouth. Like what? <laughs> uh, no, I mean every song <laughs> is about is is, is about the, it, it is. It's a weird thing because it, this is uh, if you're talking about hip hop rap as an art form, like this is like a pinnacle. This is this is they fucking nailed it. They did. Uh, but it is such an aggressive listen, such an angry, like much more so than Jesus ever got. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it and uh, it keeps it kept it off my list. 
Yeah, I mean, look, this is an album that, to my mind, you have to be in the headspace for. Mm -hmm. Like, you are in a Run the Jewels headspace, or you are not. You're not going to bring yourself there by listening to the album. But when you're there, I I don't think there's anything better than than that right now. Um, Number 11 is uh, Sharon Von Etten's Are We There? I think it's the best album she's put out. I think there's, there's just a lot of great tracks all the way through this album. It's been on my list since uh since it came out at the beginning of the yeah. year and hasn't left uh number 10 was the uh aforementioned a sunny day in glasgow album uh number nine uh white lungs deep fantasy this is a fantastic yeah. punk album I mean, you've been a fan of them for a while yeah i mean well, a while they've got two albums i think yeah now, but, but, yeah. but every year yeah. it's like every <laughs> year they're on your list before that didn't yeah they? i mean they've I, been around for a while a little while but this this album is better this is this is good and it really starts off did you see them recently i didn't get to see them when they came through but the first track on this, Drown with the Monster, yeah. like that just sets the tone and then it blows through a bunch of, you know, two, three minute punk tracks uh, very tightly. Mm-hmm. So this is good. Um, my number eight is uh, Licky Lee's I Never Learn. Um, that might be a little surprise, but uh, I've been spinning that a lot this year. I, uh, Everybody in the room, quick, raise, quick raise an- your hand if you're surprised by this. Like, well, I just saw quick, Kevin's face. And, yeah. Quick anecdote about Licky Lee. Uh, she did a performance at Georgetown Urban Outfitters. And when I used to work at a coffee shop down the street, and I, I served, long story short, I served her an espresso. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good hey, on you. Now feel validated as a man. Are you going to share that on your date tonight? Good. Once served ah. Licky Lee an espresso. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if I run out of the material that quick, we'll, we'll go there. Unless That's you, a, like, it's... threw it back in your face or on the floor, that story may not go where you want, want, want it to go. brush with greatness right there. No, I mean, look, I... I've I've liked her previous albums, and this is kind of the end of a of a trilogy of albums. It's a it's a pure breakup album, mm-hmm. and it is all just like heavy reverb power ballads. Yeah, so it could be like it it could sound cheesy as hell if you're in the wrong place. Like but it's take but, my breath away. No, because it's <laughs> here's here's the difference. Like she. She maintains like kind of an icy distance within the songs. So there's a little bit more. Uh, there's a little bit more anger in there underneath the underneath the the outside trappings. I think of the ballad, but it's also you know if you're in the mood for power ballads, it's right, a right, good right, album. Right. It's an album for cutting. Yeah. Is that what you're uh, numbers. <laughs> no, no, actually, it's a little more. Uh, like it's it's deep, not. It's not a breakup album. It is not a depressing Ooh. album. If you want a list of depressing albums, Kevin and I made the sad bastard playlist earlier this that. year. So, <laughs> oh man. I- I could, I could, I could add like okay. ninety songs. Okay, to we sad might, we might have to knock this out because no, the purpose of the sad stop, bastard stop, playlist stop. was to highlight the fact that people get depressed during the holidays. It's a public service. We're yeah. like, and it would have been embarrassing. You're but not allowed, you're not allowed, next, you're not next year, okay, <laughs> exactly. So I just want to point out when when Kevin opened that playlist for me to collaborate on. After two hours, he looked at what I'd added and he's like, "Jesus, what is wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> so Paul, maybe maybe her perspective on this record is that she's the one that shoulder rolled out of the relationship rather than her being bummed out you know i I think she's bummed i think she's also i think she's also defiant and she's also just a little bit angry okay you know it's not these are not new emotions for a pop album but she does she goes to some interesting places with them i think uh, number seven is uh, Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Blues. And hey. I think that was covered in, very impressively by Tori. You, you went much deeper on that than I was uh, than I was going to. I, the only thing I would add is that I think that the one-two punch, uh, the first the first two songs, Transgender Dysphoria Blues and uh, uh, True Trans Soul Rebel are maybe the best one-two punch at the beginning of an album of the year, I think. Like, okay. those are the... If you don't like the album after those two songs, I don't know what to say to you, Kevin. Yeah. Um, 
Number six, uh, Proto Martyrs, Under Color of Official Right. Uh, that's the post-punk album of the year right there. That's it's really good. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Husker Du in there. Um, there's a, there's a lot of like the real. It's like eight, a, it's just like an authentic album in a yeah. weird way. There's no bullshit. Uh, uh, although I, w- I will say, if you listen to the Sound Opinions podcast, they've put these guys up on pedestals. And like my take on it is like they shouldn't be on pedestals. It's a good album, but it's not. They aren't the safest. <laughs> it's actually been kind of interesting to watch the momentum build throughout the year. Because I remember when this first came out, and I can't, I'm not taking any credit to like any, to Discovery here. This is their second album. Yeah. I read about them on the web uh, to to pick up the album. But it seems like when they came out, people were kind of like, "Yeah, that's nice." And then you get to the end of the year, and suddenly there's all these think pieces on Proto Martyr and right, there's Bob right. Boylan saying he discovered them at CMJ. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow, there, there's but a lot to say there. Bolo tie magic, Quinn. <laughs> Bolo tie magic. <laughs> Well, with the Bob Boylan, it's a hat, whatever that hat is. Yeah. Hat magic. I wonder if that scenario is set up by there just being like a void and and they're the best that would fit into it and there's no one else with the pedestal and someone's got to go on it. Because it seems like, I mean, it's a, it's a solid... You're getting in a whole other podcast, Carrie, <laughs> which, which we might, we I might do you, next year. I just sit here playing spoiler. But no, I, I, think, that's, I think that's a fair point. Um, I guess the difference I see right here is that a lot of stuff that gets stuck with the with the uh, post-punk label feels like a rehash of like the third post-punk revival at this point it's like yeah. a di- it's like a diluted copy and you know when, when i when i hear stuff like savages come out i don't think back to uh to the original post-punk stuff i think oh you're just copying the yeah yeah yeahs at this point right, right. and so this feels like they kind of jumped back a few generations and actually got to the core of uh of what was driving that music to start with but yeah. do you feel like and they're the saviors of this i don't think they're music? i don't think they're the saviors of anything i think they're just a they're a good band who made a really good album and style that I like a lot. So no, no, I don't know I'm saying that you do, but there seems to be a lot of yeah, I'm not doing that. a think piece on them. I just yeah. like to listen to it. <laughs> so um, I'm just a guy trying to give an opinion. I'm just a guy who likes this music. Uh, number five is uh, Leonard Cohen's Popular Problems. That shouldn't come as a surprise. Much higher than I right thought, there. though. Mm. Really? Yeah. I had his last album at number two. So not, I mean, it's, it's a jam of an album. It's a great album. I don't know what else do you say about Leonard Cohen. He's 80 years old and he's still banging it yeah, out. It's 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 yeah, like, it's One thing you can say about that album is there's a track in there that sound, it would go over in the club, as it were. And it's hilarious because it's just like... He's and, then, and then his baritone comes in and you're like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, the guy, uh, he's, he's not, he's not singing so much anymore as he is just like... Yeah. Talking in that in that really so he still sounds infinitely better than fucking Bob Dylan who's doing production. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but the good thing about yeah. him is that there are so many artists that are even younger than him who started out singing and then with but when they hit fifty they started talking. He's always kind of had that. It's just yeah. I'm going to talk in this voice and it's going to sound like well, he. But he was a poet before he was a singer, right? You know, right. so it's not as glaring. Like Willie Nelson has not actually sung anything in twenty years. He just talks his songs now. I mean, Willie Nelson's a it's hard to hit those notes once you get to Geezer Town. Once you get, once you get, I don't care. Willie Nelson, I'm going to listen to him talk. I don't care. But it's not as glaring when you're listening to a new album with Cohen because you're like, okay, I'm totally used to him. This being his style, absolutely. And he's also integrated his age into it a lot better than. 
other folks have. I think he, right. he I don't. He makes it a theme without making it an obsession. Right. Like it, it's without just like this is where like I am. Morb- this is, like, this is what I write. Morbid obsession. Yeah. yeah. And like, without trying to pretend it's not there. Like some right. folks try to try to write like they're still thirty. Like I don't want to hear an eighty-year-old trying to pretend they're thirty. I don't right. Hear an eighty-year-old talking about it. Like Stevie Nicks can't hit those notes anymore. You know, I mean, so like Leonard Cohen's not going to be able to do, and you know, it it just that's just what happens. They're going to start talking rather than singing. Leonard Cohen never hit notes. Leonard Cohen always just talked in that deep baritone. Leonard Cohen hit the soul now. Yeah, he's the Canadian. He's the Canadian. He's the Canadian Barry White. Wow, no, he's not. No, I mean, Canadian Barry White. All right, all right. So let's go. Running through the end here. Number four is F. K. Twigs uh, LP one. What? I love that album. Somebody explain this album to me. I look. If you don't get it, I can't explain it to you. Okay. Like, do you like? We'll, do you, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this here. Here, here let me. I can explain. So you should too. I can explain to you why you don't like it because she's going to a lot of the same sonic places that uh, that James Blake is. She's just taking it in a sexier direction, and you wow. not like the way that that James Blake. Sounds. Oh, you know my heart. Yeah. <laughs> You That's why. Yeah, Number three is uh, The War on Drugs, Lost in the Dream. I mean, we've talked about that album forever. I'm sure Kevin's got more to say about it on uh, on his list. I don't, so, I don't think I do. I, I mean, what else is there to say? That I did tight. like the album, but again, I found myself thinking of like a... Like Matthew Modine running down the road, getting ready for a wrestling match. While exactly, I was to that. that's exactly why it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> number like, two is the is the Flying Lotus album, yep. and uh, number one as it has been since you know I first listened to it, Saint Vincent. God uh, damn it, sir! Nothing better. <sighs> What's the Saint Vincent thing? Kevin doesn't I, like Saint I, Vincent. I just don't. I, I, I've never locked in. I've never, like, in, I mean, I, I recognize she's a talented musician and a knowledgeable musician. I don't I don't think what she does comes together ever. I yeah. have to but, agree. But that's just me. And I've never said that about anything Kevin's ever said. Yeah. <laughs> thing is, I, I, thought, I thought this actually, the, the St. Vincent conversation that we had earlier this year, um, Which of, was, of the, of the I, podcasts I like I've been on, on this, this year. Album. Yeah, I thought that was one of our better podcasts. Like, I think that, Look, it's it's just not a sound that that really does it for you, uh, it, Tori. As you pointed out, it's, I mean, I, I am I am still. This is one of the people I'm still reacting to the hype. Yeah, and it's uh, look, I I don't think you can. Like it, it, she's doing she's doing something very different here. I think, and she and as that's I, the hype that I'm reacting and as to. I, I wait, and as, and, as, and as I said, I think that she took the lessons she learned from uh, an interesting transitional album mm-hmm. in between with Love This Monster. And adapted the sound that she was working on with Actor in Strange Mercy with what she was doing on Love This Monster and came up with something entirely cool and different. And, and I think I mentioned this point before, too, that she is as conscious of the entire media image as anybody else out there. And you can see this transition tracked on her album covers. Yeah, like no, actress, you you've got the three, the, you've got the three quarter view right there with that's still highlighting her face. Strange Mercies uh, is a scream coming through the coming through the plastic mm-hmm. right there. You've got the distorted imagery of Love This Monster, and she's on the throne with Saint Vincent. She knows what she did right here, and she did it right. All right, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I like that explanation. It's like her album was called Saint Vincent. It's like that is her identity. Yep, you created. Sorry, I'm not <laughs> uh, you, I mean, she created, she has been working towards that identity and she finally found it. I think you just nailed it on your explanation right there. Yeah. And that, that story I think is fantastic. And I think like, is great. I, it just, the music never 
has connected to me. Probably never will, which I'm fine with. But like That's I said, fine. on the new one, I, I was, I'm shocked that that was that high. Really? I, yeah, I really am. I'd like to give a description of the visual that's going on in the basement. Paul is sitting in an armchair, <laughs> and he was up on, on the mic on the edge of the chair, giving his brilliant analysis of why he felt like she needed to be on the throne. And as soon as he was and done, as soon as he, he was he's done, he went, boom, he sat right back, <laughs> two hands on the arms, looking like Abe Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> it, was the, uh, it, was, it was the wasp version of throwing down very, the mic. very funny. Yeah. Without actually breaking anything. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. That's why you're not a dick. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Like, One of the many reasons that you're not a dick. So, Kevin, are we kicking it over to you here? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, this was a weird uh, site-wise, musical-wise, every, everything-wise uh, year for me. We, Kevin, we, how many hours of podcasts have you put in the bank this year? This year, there are 50. After this one, there's going to be 60. Just about 60 hours. About 110 hours of editing. Uh, lots. Good job, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> lots. Um, and, but it's been weird because when we started doing this, we basically got, we're doing what we're doing right now. got drunk and like argued about music very, uh, I would say stupidly if you go back and listen to it. If you listen to one or two, it's like, you know, it's it sounds, we're sitting in Andre's basement. The best ones were the early ones where I haven't actually listened to this album, but. No, that's not the best. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> that was not me. Um, and and so like yeah, we had a, a little break in in coverage and what we were doing and and refocused on this podcast and as a result we ended up talking to a lot more artists which refocused like how I process music and what I think is what I think like the site or us should be like presenting. So that's why I asked everybody like, what is your favorite? What are you going to be listening to in 2014? What means something to you? Not what is this list of arbitrary, like, Oh, this is the best by arguably unqualified people. We're, un- we're somewhat unqualified. Although you play, I play, you play mm-hmm. like Sean, like been on the podcast once as an interviewee. But uh, I mean, and it was an important interview. And, like it was sitting down and like being like, okay, this is how well, we're going to. I also gonna... say that like probably the most qualified of all of us, despite being the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> well, as point. a journalist, but I mean, right. Right, right, right. but, but as an appreciator of music. Right. But, but given where she is in. Yeah, music. absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, so, so it changed a little bit. So like my, my, my list ended up being less about what, I mean, there, there are things like that flying Lotus would have ended up normally like, Somewhere in my list, uh, what ended up in my list though is, is stuff uh, two local bands actually, uh, and and then stuff that is obvious. But when you get to the back, like I think ten of mine, it's very not. I mean, they're, they're like I was saying before, they're the same same band doing the same things. I'm very interested in uh, bands that are like the story of the band, how they made it, and like. Bands that are laying the foundation for their, like, legacy that are going to come up. So I had, like, for example, like, getting into my top ten, I had 13, but the 13 were runners-up. Uh, 13 was a fantastic band out of Richmond, Virginia called Sleepwalkers. Uh, this album called Greenwood Shade. I'm not going to play a track because I'm going to play another Richmond band's track. But these guys mixed The Beatles ELO, Flaming Lips, like, and they do it tastefully, and, and that, that's the key. It's like you can be a bunch of kids and go around and like engage in all the fuckery you want, and it, it will sound like a mess. This doesn't. These are 
pure pop jams all the way through it. It's it's a fucking jam of an album. Uh, Future Islands made it, but in the bottom. <laughs> but Adam, you know what? The album didn't hold up. As much as I love that show, that show was amazing. Yeah. The, but the album didn't hold up. And then, and I listened to it the other day, and I was just like, yeah, I can and pick up. Uh, appropriately, the album's called, called Singles. Uh, if they had gotten another singer, that was my only problem. No, they I, can't get I am singers. a fan of the yeah. form. I am a fan of the form, and I, I, I really dug what they were trying to do. But the fake British accent and the over-the-top like uh, dramatics, and uh, it, it, it made me want to light the guy on fire. I mean, that's you, all. You can't have. You can't <laughs> Not, have. You know, Rounds. nothing personal, buddy. I just want to light you on fire after listening well, to you we, sing. We, we've been down that road, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can't have future albums without Sam. And I and I think like they. Oh God, you could have. You could have future. You could. You. We, there are. Could, other, okay, they're okay. named. Other they could throw Sam out of a moving car and um, get anybody, and it would sound better. The other runner up though was was Tweety, which was an interesting thing. It was a fun podcast to do, and was, but. Like the last two Wilco albums have, have fallen off. Like Quinn and you and I have talked a little bit about this. Like, uh, you know, me and Paul have talked about this, and it was just like, where the fuck is Wilco doing? And this, regardless of of the younger Tweedy's drumming, Adam. Um, I didn't say it was bad. I just no, said no, I know, but but it, it it was songs that you could connect to in a way that the reason Wilco got me through like big parts of my life. Sure. Like important parts Agreed. of my life, absolutely. And it, and it, and so like Ryan Walker was down here, and he was like, "I haven't listened to it." I'm like, "Oh God, you're gonna fucking love it," mm -hmm. you know. But it was great. But it, at the end of the day, it made it a runner up because it's it was it was still looking backwards. Um, so then you get into the the top ten, and at the at the bottom of the top ten, I think uh, we said this when we talked about it. Tori, you were on the podcast. I think Quinn, you were on the podcast. XX rips. That fucking album is so much fun and so inconsequential, though. And it, <laughs> it's spinning the mic around. Here well, we go. Just to, no, I won't. I won't rant or anything. But I'm so glad you said that because I had meant to put it. I meant to put XX on mine. It's so and hard then to put it in. Literally forgot. Yeah. Like what? And I really liked that album, um, and they're going to be great, and like I'm happy for them, and I love them. But like, are you guys going to be listening to XX a year from now? Yes, yes. Because I'm not. Yeah, but I, I'm yeah, be, I'm with yeah. there. I, I found I, myself I like, like liking the record. I'm not going to put it on often. I like them, and I'm like, I'll go see them live like any day of the week. Yeah, but I'm not going to throw it on like that much. Maybe the challenge is that they they're they're out of the local best of category, but they also don't necessarily fit in like a general. International best of albums of the year, maybe, maybe that's a challenge. There, I mean, it's it's a weird thing. It's just like it is. It's pure entertainment. They hit the mark, right? But they, it's not meant to be substantial. It's not. It's meant to be this quick hit, sugary rush of like pop rock, and and it works. And for that, she is like so successful. Like all three of them, like Mary Betsy and um, oh god, Laura. Like they, they killed it, but like you said, you're not going to be listening to a Quinn. It's just. Can know. I ask a question about that? Yeah, just to you, Quinn. Yeah, not confrontational. Just curious. You'll see them any day of the week, but they're not a band that's going to be on your. Yeah, list. I don't know. I just I I I, I, saw, I saw them live twice, at least once, and I was like really into their like their whole like glammy Glam. like like fun vibe, but. 
I like. I think I've gotten enough out of this album. I thought I think I've gotten everything I'm going to get out of it. It could I mean, be called singles. Yeah, I mean, I saw I, I saw them open for Spoon, and I thought they sounded like a less stone dum dum girls. Yeah. But I mean, I thought they were really entertaining. I mean, I, I really. I mean, girls. I hope to. I. I mean, I hope don't, they... Don't continue. anger the Paul. <laughs> I've already poked the bear. Freaking love dumb dumb girls. They want to make both of us mad. I, that was... Yeah, that was just interesting. See them any day of the week, but they won't be in your list. Yeah. So, yeah. so that... And that gets to the first song I want to play. Uh, it's been... Uh, you and I have interviewed Quinn. Uh, this band, Aver's out of Richmond, Virginia, and this gets into the story of bands. Uh, these are guys... Uh, they hung around in, in my old adopted hometown, uh, and... Part of it is that I can relate to seeing this happen because I saw it happen a lot when I was there, and said, you know, hey, you want to you want to be in a band, you you want to make an album, and the album that they made was uh, fucking phenomenal uh, to my ears, at least. Empty light. They they went into. I mean, it was just a perfect, like everything came together. Like the one dude owns Montrose, he works at Montrose. Like everything came together, and in two weeks. They knock out an album in the third week. It's out. Yeah. Like, this is... They're definitely privileged to have that. They are privileged to have that, but this is, like, a thing that people should... Bands should seek out. Well, it's privileged to have that, but they also, like, they work to put themselves in the position to have that. Yeah. It's not like they just, like, walked in and they're... Well, kind of. Like, and, and, and no, not, not, no, not even... Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't it... It feels like I mean, anybody's capable of doing that now. It just matters... That's matter my point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anybody's let, capable let's of... Let's hear the song talk a little bit more about that. But this is uh, off of Empty Light. This is Girls with Headaches. And uh, live, you saw the show. Yeah. It's fucking tight. Yeah. No, I saw them. Interestingly, I went to, uh, I was living in Berlin at the time, and uh, the Head and the Heart was playing at some little club. Yeah. It's like a mini 930 club. It's set up the same way, like inside, yeah, yeah. just much smaller. And uh, my friend's like, oh, that's great. They're opening for this band that I really like. We should go check it out. And I had just, I'd been listening to the Head and the Heart that year, or just for a couple, I guess a couple months at that point. And so I was like, oh, it'll be fun to go see them in a, a band out of the United States, kind of just go listen to some folk music or something. Anyway, 
Uh, so we watched Head in the Heart, and it was like, oh, that was, that was really good. I really liked the female singer. I wish that she was the singer of the band only. Uh, but anyway, the band they were opening for was My Morning Jacket, <laughs> who I had never heard of. We're going to get to something. And then they stuff. come out in this little place, like a mini 930 club, you know, and they don't play places like this small. And it was incredible. I, I, the first time I ever heard of My Morning Jacket was live. Was Jim James wearing a towel club. on his head? Huh? Was Jim James wearing a towel on his head? <laughs> no. <laughs> or a cape? He just he sang songs and played guitar. No, I know, I know. I've seen it. I just think it's funny. Well, you know why? Huh? You know why? Because he's like paralyzing stage fright. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jim Jim, okay. We'll talk. This, that's off. I'll tell you. There are a lot of people who do that. And to be fair, like, look, look, I, I don't hate head in the heart, but I do think they were nice to me after. Yeah, yeah, they, they are super nice people. They put on a good show. It's a segment of stuff that, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a 42 year old dude. Like, it, it, it don't fit into that. Same way I don't, like, appreciate uh, Edward Sharp and the Mad Men Zeros. Or Mumford and Sons. Or I do appreciate or, Mumford and Sons, though. Not Babel, but the first one. The first one, Daria and I used to listen to and be like, oh, that's a cute, frightened rabbit takeoff. It's all, <laughs> true. It's all but you used to also it's, bash on it. It is all film Americana. All of it. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> um, but, but oh, yeah, but, but those guys, so they actually went back in the studio, Abers, we're talking about now, went back in the studio and have, uh, I think they probably finished the second one. So before anybody knows about them, like, they're going to have two albums out. That's the same with 100 Visions, though. It is the same with 100 like, Visions. 100 Visions just keep putting out well, albums. Well, 100 Visions took two years, though. Maybe they put two out in, like, six months, mm-hmm. which is, like, very 1970. But with Abers, I think, I think the thing that, the takeaway is, like, check out, uh, the album, but go see them live. They are a fucking a force of nature. I mean, this is people that are all in other bands, and they've learned, they've put in their chops, and then they're going to get in front of you and rock like you. A like, super like, group. yeah, like we're talking. Well, they, that's what they're referred to as, and like we're talking about, like my morning jacket. They have that energy mm-hmm. to like blow you away. Uh, so, so moving forward, uh, like Paul said, our friends uh, Roadkill Ghost Choir in tongues. Uh, I mean. We did a whole podcast. <laughs> that was the last one Andre was on. There is, there is, I am uh, at this point, I don't worry about like removing myself, like saying, like, well, we're friends, so we can't talk about them. I am so proud of those guys. Another great. For doing that was a great record. Fucking, like, they are doing what every band should do and working. They are, they have, they, I mean, they re- recently relocated to Athens, Georgia, and they're never there. They're on the West Coast now. Julia, who actually shot the video for him, is seeing him uh, last night. She saw him last night. Uh, so they get slung from L.A. to Milwaukee to Florida to Texas to fucking and – and they're just doing it. And you can say, well, well, they're young. It's fun. It's like it's not fun. You see them when they show up. Like <laughs> they fucking hate it. They're worn, uh, they're worn out. But at the end of the day, they get to make this like – pretty badass music that eventually people are going to come to. Um, so that's number seven. I'm going to stick, skip number six, because I'm going to talk about that later. Get into the, to the top five here. These should actually be no surprise. Uh, War on Drugs, Lost in Dream, number five. That album is a motherfucker of an album. I, I, if every song was uh, Eyes to the Wind, like it would be my number one album of the year. That, that song made me cry today. <laughs> I was cooking. I no. I I was sitting there. I was making all this shit. Like, we're gonna eat like kings like after this stuff. And I was like, "Fuck, we worked hard this year." 
<laughs> and I just got emotional. I'm like, oh, Jesus, man. Fucking... And it's fucking, ah, oh, Ziff. Nice. What's up, brother? Gentlemen. And, uh, and yeah, and I mean, it, it just, that album hits every, uh, soul points, I guess. It really does. I mean, that album, it's amazing. I, 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 that's one of the ones that goes on, uh, the short list of albums that you've sent to me and been like, no, really listen to this because, uh, their last album I liked, but I only played it a couple of times and it's didn't really so... go back to it. And so I was kind of like, ah, I'm not really that looking forward to the new War on Drugs album, but fine, I'll listen to it. It took me about 30 seconds to be like, oh, okay. And you were like, momentary yeah. lapse of reason. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I, this is in a year that Floyd came out. Floyd actually was was 15, yeah. by the way. So Floyd made my best of the year. I think you All should right. listen to it. Fair enough. Um, I agree with that. Right below that, uh, Damien Gerardo's Brothers and Sisters of the Eternal Son. Uh, his three albums, uh, the one prior to this, Maricopa, uh, St. Bartlett, and then now this one, our, our cycle. Uh, this is, like, and I'm sad. On This makes me sad, like, that Andre's not here listening to this. Yeah. Because this reminds me, like, we both discovered, like, Maricopa at the same time, and it was like, oh, shit. But this... You guys were both, like, openly weeping at that concert. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we have a recording of it. Like, we I know. Did, it's, I, I was there. It's, and, and it's just, uh, Damien uh, outdid himself uh, with this. It's it'll be interesting to see how many people pay attention to the work he's doing because up until this this run of albums, the the PR word was like this is one of the greatest songwriters of all time, and you couldn't pick an album and listen to it. Now I think you can pick these three and be like, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. cycle. And I mean, he, he's doing fine. He's he's sold out his next show here in DC, so. and he's he tours this album by himself. He says he can't recreate this, and I don't think he can. Like, Richard Swift did a lot of the production, uh, and he just he comes out and plays the songs. And so the songs exist, just him, his guitar, and his effects pedals, much like uh, My Darling Fury does, like what Danny does a lot with his voice. Uh, you know, and he makes it all work, and it's just it's fantastic. Uh, number two, then, is uh, Sturgill Simpson. Oh, it moved back up. All right. It moved back up. I know your number one. And- yeah. And you, well, we'll talk about this. And then we'll oh. talk, I have a good explanation. Uh, we've talked about this album already on the podcast. I There's not much else to talk about this except, like, uh, it touched me like it touched you. Uh, it touched a lot of people. This is getting creepy. I, know. <laughs> I was going to say, where, where did it touch you, Kevin? Where, where did it touch you? We did the podcast for Sturgill what? I mean, I mean. Show me where I'm the doll. Yeah. <laughs> Daria, where did it touch me? <laughs> In the bad place. I think we did the podcast for Sturgill, what, a week after the album came out? And you said your play count was already up to like yeah. 300 or something it, like that? No, it, it was. It was. And, and I, I mean, I guess you have to classify stuff of this. People saying like, oh, this is a country album. This like, I don't think you have to classify it as that. I think this is. Like again, a great uh, songwriter just being like, and the medium he's choosing is a little more twangy. That's fine. The fact that he is skewing to the the actual rules of country is is amazing because he's like, he can go so far outside and then just bring it back. Uh, he is without a doubt one of the I think the biggest success stories of twenty fourteen. 
Oh, um, in terms of like, in terms of like input, in terms of how much it costs to make his album versus returns. This is a four day recording. What I'm saying in his apartment. No, it was no. Dave Cobb's studio. Okay, but, okay, yeah, but you know, this is a four day recording. You knock out much like Lydia Lovelace's uh, Indestructible Machine, right. not her new one. Um, and this is a guy who has always questioned like his place in the industry, and to see him like. He is flying back and forth between coasts to be on like late night TV shows and and, it's, and selling out every single show he does, mm-hmm. which has, he has a lot in common with my number one artist in that respect. Um, and it's just been great to see. And the fact that you have a record of that that you can listen to and be like, oh. I just remember yeah. when you when you briefed me on this, you were you were literally like, <laughs> "Listen to this." <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah. I, I I am a big fan of like, yeah. say Graham Parsons. I'm a big fan yeah. of old school country. Uh, Poncho and Lefty, for for various reasons, is one of one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, this gets that spirit, not that sound, mm-hmm. um, and it gets the to the heart of a uh, real American. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, not a real American, just a real like person making right. real fucking music that, that that will like that speaks to your soul. And I think like that's the story about this album. It's just nothing, nothing else. That and also it didn't feel like there were A and R weasel fingerprints on it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It didn't feel like there were uh you know, producers and executives going look I mean Maybe we should bring in a rap guy for a verse or two to see what happens. Do you know what I mean? Like that sort of like yeah, industry was, interference was, that well, makes like things I, fucking. I'm actually, I'm actually from Kentucky and uh, have you know listened to country music whether I wanted to or mm-hmm. not for a large chunk of my life. And his music actually identifies more with like a southern life than I, yeah any song in country music actually is out there. People from the South, and I mean, Daria was just in Lexington, or just in Louisville and mm-hmm. Frankfurt, and recognized like Frankfurt. how dissonant some of those voices are, and how different lives are than what we in Northern Virginia and DC and Maryland kind of come to think of. And his lyrics and his music is so much more telling for an actual quote unquote country experience than what you would find on. Well, I mean, the the songs are about, are are just straight up about like, like, Struggles it is to, yeah, to live. Yeah, I have no money. Like, uh, they're, they're if, I mean, my family is strung on drugs, and I, I have to find love to pull through. And I mean, he made the, he made the exact album that he wanted to make with yeah. out, no outside influences, and which it is was, impossible to do in country music. Exactly. Today. I mean, Absolutely you've got all this and that, ridiculous go America bullshit. Right. It's just like I mean, he wrote a, a an album that was exactly what he wanted without. Any inside or outside influence, and he, um, and it was authentic. Mm-hmm. It was genuine, and you don't find that in country music. Period. I mean, I challenge you to like really not, listen to any not country in 2014, music. You don't. No, you, you don't. don't find authenticity and genuine uh, being and, and genuine you in country music. You, know, you don't need to. You don't need to look for it in country music. Again, let's stop like talking about it in terms of like. Country music, like he's the savior of country music. He just—he's a damn right. good songwriter who wrote, wrote a damn good cycle of songs. Right. You don't find that in a whole lot of music. No, you don't at all. I mean, this guy is. I would I, honestly, I wouldn't qualify him as country. So that you guys keep. Well, talking. you know, I, the, the Grammys gave him a nomination for what, Americana. What Americana. Americana. He was like, he. I think he joked on Facebook. Maybe I should have renamed it Meta Modern Sounds and Americana Music. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, this is real country. This is real. Yeah. 
this is what country is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a country fan, but I'm like, this blew my mind so this what, year. It should be to you. This is what, if, if all country was this to you, then you'd be like, I'm a country fan. Oh, hell yeah. All right. And now are we going to get to your number one we and are. just totally blow number two? No, no, no. Uh, no, no, uh, we're not. Because it's much the same story. Uh, my number one is uh, famously we did a, uh, a podcast that involved their mother trolling. <laughs> oh no! Thanks to you, I'm Adam. Sorry. It, I I didn't shit on him. No, I just you did said not. I wasn't you did a, not. I, and and uh, Nick and Amelia were both uh, very uh, cognizant of that fact. That, like, it, you know, it's okay not to like their album. Uh, like but, I got their I got their mom but, to tell you but, to fuck yourself. But I do I <laughs> do love news. their album for for various reasons. In, in yeah. general, the stuff that I like the best in a year is stuff that challenges me as a person. I am not a dancer. Oh come uh, on! We need to see. I'm, I'm, no, I am not. Right, you're and dancing tonight, dude. This is dance music uh, to some some respect, but this is also uh, this is an album made in in the in a bedroom, in a living room, in, in a house, like in Raleigh. And when we talk about like do it yourself, and and what this has all come to, and you hear all these shitty shitty like albums that come out made this way, and to hear like what. They both did with this. Uh, it, it made Sylvanesso's like debut, like mm-hmm. my number one album of the year. There are uh, Amelia Meath and Nick Sanborn. Uh, Nick Sanborn was in Megaphone, which is a band that you know was good. They never got, they never quite hit it. I think they had one song that was really it sounded like it should have been off of uh, Reckoning. Grateful Dead, right. and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's hot." And then everything else was like, "Well, what?" Uh, Amelia Meath of Mountain Man. Uh, I've seen, I saw them both at uh, Newport Folk Festival when they were in their separate bands. Mm-hmm. The idea that they would come together to do something like this, uh, taking like dance floor stuff, taking like uh, like Nick, his love of uh, like dance music and Amelia's love of folk, and putting it together in this way it is astounding to me. And I know you have problems with, with some oh, of that. God. I mean, it's a drum machine. But if you see them, if you see them live, you see that it is a very organic, like feeding off. Like he samples her, and she feeds off that. And and it is it ends up being some of the most like to my ears at least entertaining music of the year. You take a song like Wolf that's in there, and that that could be a folk song, but he makes it like Sambor makes it just a little deeper. And 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 I think if you strip away. Uh, a lot of the bleeps and bloops, uh, you have one of the more like genuine heartfelt albums of the year, mm-hmm. which is something I didn't like when you said FK Twigs, like something I didn't like feel about that. And that's what I don't normally get about that music is that it's all, you know, click, click, beep, beep, beep. And, and that like, I don't feel any soul in this. There is a lot of soul. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, I think the first time I heard that band was the same, Podcast is Sturgill, yeah. Because I remember it was that about, it was that podcast. I remember talking about the incestuous relationship mm-hmm. with Megaphone and Justin Vernon mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I remember hearing it and hearing hearing that influence. But man, I am no fan of Tune Yards. Sorry. Okay. Um, I feel like this album sounded a lot like Tune Yards with just a little bit different. Well, they opened vocals. for Tune Yards. Yeah, I remember that. I remember and they're, that. And they're doing they're doing a uh, they're doing a different thing. They had the if you. Uh, Paul, you and I saw Tune Yards at Red Palace, yeah. and the the thing that clinched it for them, like the, actually the night before we interviewed them, they played the Nine Thirty Club opening for Tune Yards. It was up on uh, NPR webcast at 
And that energy that we saw in that room at the Red Palace, like both of them had it. And it drained away when Toon Yards came on stage. No offense, Toon Yards. And it could have been, but they they were doing what a, a young Toon Yards, you know, we're only talking like two years ago, were doing. Um, so that's, I guess, what it is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think this album, I, I, my opinion on this album hasn't really changed since that podcast we did. I, I think it's fine. Like, yeah. it's not, it just, it's, it's never grabbed me the way it grabbed it, it grabbed you. I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that at the end of the year, like, I think if anything, your admiration for it has grown. So yeah, it's, I, I was giving it another listen the other day, and I, I, I can see why you like it. I just don't, I don't get the same, you know, personal connection off of it. The, with the, with the Toon Yards thing, I don't think what they're doing is quite as complex as what Toon Yards is doing. It's more poppy. It's more danceable, uh-huh. but it's not, I, I don't think it hits the same depths and it, I mean, maybe it doesn't have to because a lot, so yeah. much of this is a part is, is how it hits you personally, but I just don't, I, I've never gotten that, that aura of greatness off of Sylvan SL, yeah. I guess. Uh, well, I have, and that's why it was my yep. number one. Uh, but the, the one I skipped was the one I really wanted to talk about because there's a local artist, uh, Louis Weeks. Uh, Sean, you know him. Uh, you've played with him, I think, before. Uh, and this is honestly in the vein of, of Sylvanesso, uh, getting the more electronic, more dance stuff. Uh, he put out this album, Shift Away, this year, uh, early on in the year. And he, uh, I mean, you know, local sites picked it up. Uh, the more we saw him... Before we saw you. Actually, for the first time, we saw you play. And the more uh, I have listened to this record, the more it has like, gotten under my skin. It is uh, not a perfect record. It is uh, a perfect first record, maybe. <laughs> yeah, But he is this, just this talented kid who can knock shit out of the park. I was going back and forth on what songs to play. Uh, because the range that we're talking about here is, uh, you know, from uh, Jeff Buckley to just full on, you know, name your like electronic, you know, dance stuff. Uh, but I think I landed on Heartland because it sort of pulls it all together. So this is Heartland by Louis Weeks.
Yeah, but that that guy is one guy. Like we've talked to him, and you can listen to that podcast. Is is it's a great interview. Uh, like Sean, like you were saying. So I mean that, like slowly every song. There's every song in there like hits in a different way. Uh, Alvar Auto was the other pick that I was going to do. Like the first line is like you know laying on the floor listening to pavement, which will suck you in just like that. Right. Yeah, I mean we'll play it after the podcast, but. You know, it's it, you know beyond. It, it's not my number one because it is. Uh, it, it's just a first album. I mean, and, and it, the edges show, but it is a is a brilliant first album. He's such a wonderful musician. Like I was saying, I think off mic. I don't really know how these things work, but uh, I saw him. He did. I opened a show where he came after me, and we were both opening for Franz Nikolai. Mm-hmm. That's when first time I met him. But I I was downstairs talking to Franz, and I didn't see Louis. Uh-huh. But then I saw him somewhat recently, just a couple months ago, at Rock and Roll Hotel, pretty much acoustic without any of the electronic stuff, which tends to lose me pretty quickly. But he has such a beautiful voice, and his uh, his piano playing is great. And then I saw him at the Loose Center, which we were just talking about, and he did a lot of frontman stuff, too, where he would just stand up with the mic and sing. Yeah. And just somebody who really loves what he's doing, also very intellectual about music, which is something I don't necessarily have in myself or see in myself. And just this beautiful musician. And then he just builds on that with his... Yeah, wonderful ideas. So I'm really excited about whatever he does next. Yeah, and what he does next is good. And when he hopefully <laughs> I mean, well, be on tour, with <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 out there. Yeah, like I've heard it, and it's like 2015 is going to be good for him. Uh, hopefully, good for people like Sylvanesso, Sturge. I mean, Sturgill Simpson. Like, uh, I don't know, Warren Drugs can top this. Now, this is. I mean. I don't don't see how you do top it for them. Like, where do you go from from that uh, sonically for them? I think they took it about as far as they could. Yeah. Um, I mean, more drugs. More drugs. There's always more drugs. No, but I think I think they'll keep making good albums though. It's just like you're, yeah. it's, this is probably the one that you go back to and go like, oh, remember Lost in the Dream? That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Final Cut. No, no not like Final. Not Cut. like Final Cut. So, I mean, that's about it. I think, uh, anybody have any final thoughts in 2014? 
I'm looking forward to the best album of 2015, the new Sleater Kenny album. No! <laughs> no! That is ambitious. I, I, no. Yeah. I have no comment. That's ambitious. No. Yeah. I didn't even it. Sean, uh, your album going to be on this list next year? Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You know your competition now. No pressure. I'll fuck these people up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm actually really looking to the, the looking forward to the next posthumous uh, Michael Jackson album. So I think <laughs> <laughs> which made like number two on somebody's list. It's like what the fuck is going There's on? There's a reason he didn't release it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for hanging out and eating all the deer jerky and drinking all the beer and bourbon. Uh, it has been a fun year. Uh, it has been a hellaciously hard year. Could not have done it with Adam. Thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem, man. Uh, Brian, thank you for coming down. Tori, Quinn's gone. He had to leave. He had a date. He had a date. Uh, uh, good vibes to Quinn. Yeah, man. You know I'm saying? Paul. I hope that yeah. girl doesn't listen to this. And, uh, and I think thanks from everybody to Kevin. I mean, oh, you, absolutely, you, to say yeah. you do 99% of the work is underselling it. So, so uh, We will be back. Uh, we're going to take two weeks off. Three weeks off, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but we will be back early January. Uh, I think we're going to do the first one is going to be a rock school. <laughs> oh, oh shit. shit got broken. Must be a cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, then from there, we'll just fucking keep on keeping on like we do. All right. Word. <laughs> so fuck it. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Like a train in reverse down a dark road